0: 80s without hearing this song all the time DeBarge, Rhythm of the Night I think it's actually it's L. DeBarge but uh, the reference I have in front of me here says DeBarge so we'll go with that Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio the Druff and Friend show We were not here last week It was a scheduled week off because I was on vacation but I'm back and tonight we will probably have a co-host, it probably won't just be me by myself, so those of you who enjoy the show better with a co host tonight, there will probably be one. And he will probably be around in about 10 or 15 minutes. So until then, it's just me. And even if he doesn't show up, I'll still stay here. I'm not going to abandon you. Anyway, uh, welcome back. I'm, whenever I miss a week of this show, I kind of feel like I've fallen out of the loop. I almost feel like I have to talk about what's going on in the world of poker, especially things related to scams and scandals, right? I feel like I've fallen out of the game. It's strange. Like, I I was preparing for the show, and I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. Because I wasn't even following anything while I was on vacation. So, I I tried to make a few appearances on the forum to talk about the Dodgers and such, but uh, as you guys probably saw, I was very, very absent from Poker Fraudler for the last two weeks, and I appreciate those of you who kind of kept the forum moving while I was gone. Before we go on any further, since the show did start late tonight, not even my fault this time. This time the site was just down. You may have tried to get in here at 7 p.m. and found the site was not responding. That was happening not just to you, but to everyone, including me who owns the site. It was down for unknown reasons, it came back up for unknown reasons I didn't do anything to bring it back up, but it just came back up And then, of course, this delayed my prep for the show So, uh, I was a little worried it would be down for hours while I was trying to figure it out But it just came back up on its own Hopefully it does not crash during the show Because I have no idea why it was down But fortunately it came right back up uh, a few minutes later And... We are on the air Albeit a bit late, but a lot of times we start late And we end up just fine And of course, those of you listening in the archives doesn't matter to you it doesn't matter how late I am Because you hear it at a different time If you do want to call me live, if you're listening live There's two phone numbers There's the one in good shape and there's the one in not so good shape The one in good shape is our main number 775 fraud 55 775 372 Make sure to show your caller ID Or otherwise, you will not get through. We have a second number that's in peril. It has been for a few weeks now. That's the Mount Charleston number. Mount Charleston has been on fire for quite some time. The phone has not burned up yet, but I would not be surprised if it did burn up and became inaccessible. But at the moment, you can still reach me at 702-430-1808. 702-430-1808. I would like to... Wish a happy birthday to Beebs92, who's not in the chat room, but she's turned the big 21. And I, I think this is actually a week or two ago, but uh, she just came to Vegas, but I was not in Vegas for her appearance there. I would have liked to meet her, actually. I don't think anyone from the forum has met her yet. We've seen pictures of her, but we've never met her. So anyway, I want to announce the free roll before... It starts, because once it starts, it's too late. We have a $100 free roll this week. We've been having a lot of big free rolls, because people who were very grateful that I finished fifth in the 5K limit event and won them a bunch of money, people who bought pieces of me in that event, I actually had less of myself than everyone on Poker Fraudler combined had of me. I actually sold 55% of myself in that event. So people made some good money. One of the people who made some money... Was Crow Diddley And he generously donated a hundred bucks And this is not even a guy who made like thousands on this He made a few hundred But he generously donated a hundred bucks to the free roll And this week we're using it So thank you to Crow Diddley for the hundred dollars Also a very good poster on the site And uh, this is the way it's going to break down It is a No Limit Hold'em tournament As usual 7.40pm 13 minutes from now on the Poker Fraud Alert uh, No Fraud Online Poker Room You can find that by Scrolling up to the top, and you will see it. Register for a free account. You don't even need play chips. You can just enter the tournament. The only thing you need to qualify for the free money is an account on the forum dated January 1st, 2013 or before. If you do not have an account dated January 1st, 2013 or before, you will need to email me if you want to qualify for the free money. Dan Druff at PokerFraudAlert.com or you can PM me on the forum, Dan space Druff, and tell me how long you've been around, what you've listened to, what you've been reading on the forum. Convince me you are not just here tonight for the free roll. Convince me you didn't just show up, and I will give you an a one time but lifetime exception to qualify for the free money for these free rolls. So that's at seven forty tonight. No late registration. First place. 50 bucks, second place 25 bucks, third place 15 bucks fourth place, 5 bucks fifth place, 5 bucks so that's the prize pool for tonight's free roll thanks again to Crow Diddley for donating this $100 from his winnings from buying a piece of me in the 5k limit hold'em event at the World Series so get in there and I will pay you on PayPal, by check, whatever way you want me to pay you, even bank transfer. I prefer PayPal, though. It's easiest. So here's the agenda tonight. Some interesting things going on. I didn't know after two weeks, you know, of not doing the show, I didn't know if we'd be overwhelmed with things to talk about or what. And we really aren't. It's actually kind of a slow time because the World Series just ended, so there's not as much poker news as normal. But we still have plenty to talk about, including some Continuations of stories last week The first topic I'm going to talk about Is UB cheating scandal figure Bonnie host, Who uh, Helped Russ Hamilton move cheating money around And cashed a lot of it out, apparently We prank called her last week Chico Loco prank called her She was the Poker room manager of the LVH, which is the former Las Vegas Hilton. Now she's called LVH because Hilton doesn't own it anymore. But uh, she was the new poker room manager there. For some reason, they hired her despite her history. Maybe they were just ignorant to it. I don't know. But uh, Bonnie never made a statement about her part in the scandal. Five years have passed. And in fact, there was a big article... That named her and made a lot of serious accusations against her On Wicked Chops poker She never responded to any of it She never cleared her name She never came forward and said what her part was and wasn't She never shed light Upon the operations of UB And who might have been behind the cheating Besides Rush. She said nothing She's hid for five years From this whole thing And then somehow she got a job at the LVH Managing their poker room Well of course people were angry about this And wrote a lot of angry emails to the LVH asking them to fire her And we handled it our own way here on Poker Fraud Alert We prank called her at work So last week, you can go listen, actually not last week, two weeks ago Our last episode, July 16th We prank called her, Chico Loco called up It's actually a pretty funny call So you can go listen to that if you haven't heard it yet But there's new news since then. Just days after the Chico Loco call, she got fired. I have to think it was probably more likely a result of the people writing in about her, but uh, she was very nervous at the end of the call. It wouldn't surprise me if she ran to uh, security and told them to keep this guy out. And just like, I wonder if that contributed to her firing. So, (laughs) Bonnie Lanehouse has been fired, but there's more to the story. She's spoken out on Facebook since then. And I, ha- I even have a tree. We may call her again tonight at home. I have a phone number for her. So we'll see. Another carryover story from last week. The PKR.com pro Vladimir Geshbankbane. I think they say his name. Geschenbain. I don't know how you say it. He's known as Bane online. B-E-Y-N-E. He ripped people off through a World Series of Poker stake. And I described that last week I'm not going to go over the whole thing again But basically he took money that people staked him And then uh, couldn't afford to play the main event Because he blew all the money on other things And then just said tough luck Then got someone else to stake him Then he finished 62nd in the event And cashed something substantial And did not pay the stakers uh, They didn't even get even money back They didn't even get their money back what they put in So they ended up losing money Despite the fact that he finished 62nd in the main Because he was Restaked by someone else after he blew the initial stake money. That's basically what happened. Well, PKR.com has not removed him as a pro yet. We'll talk about that and something else shady PKR is doing. Another site to definitely avoid. Daniel Negreanu has spoken out again. This time in an interview, he has bashed Tom Dwan. I hadn't seen any bad blood previously again, you know, involving them, but. Uh, Negreanu definitely has, somewhat of a problem with Tom's one, and also doesn't respect his poker game very much. We'll talk about that. Eric Ryland, who's been playing a lot on Ultimate Poker, and has come to report any uh, idiosyncrasies and weird things that he sees occur on that site. He's he's told us a lot of interesting stories. He even met a girl on there, we called once, and I kind of scared, unintentionally. But, um... There's been a regular player in Ultimate Poker named Neo Neo. Now, Neo Neo was the name of one of the main cheating accounts on UB back in 2008. Obviously, it's not Russ Hamilton on that account. Uh, people assume Neo Neo was probably somebody who was victimized by the scandal or closely followed the scandal and just chose the name as a joke, which is fine. But it appears that maybe Neo Neo is not someone who is an anti-UB activist, but... Uh, It might surprise you to hear who it could be I'll explain what Ryland's theory is And I think it's possible he's right There's another poker TV show in development It's not one of these wacky reality shows But it's it's another show involving poker play It's called Poker Night in America And it's in development We'll talk about that And uh, whether we think it will be successful or a failure The PPA, Poker Players Alliance We had uh, Rich Muni on here A few months ago Debating me about the Poker Players Alliance Uh, Unfortunately, the strongest point I could have brought against them I didn't know the information on that point Until shortly after the debate That is that 99% plus of their funding In 2010, the final year before Black Friday came from online poker. I mean, I knew it mostly came from online poker, but over 99%? It's crazy. But I've talked about that before. That's nothing new. What is new is that somebody made a poll on 2 plus Two's most active forum, which is News, Views, and Gossip, and currently they are rated as unfavorable in the poll. That's a very simple poll. Do you have a favorable view of the Poker Players Alliance? Yes or no? Right now, No is winning about 52 to 48%, which really surprises me, and I think is sending them a clear message that it seems like they're still not getting. I'll talk about that. On this show, I typically like to talk about poker-related issues, but it is a general gambling and Las Vegas show as well. And uh, this is a, a sports betting story, actually. CNBC a network that I appeared on in uh, 2009, talking about UB. They have a reality show coming up called Money Talks, where uh, they're documenting the life of a tout, of a sports betting tout, a guy who sells you his picks. The reason I'm talking about this is it turns out this guy isn't even a legitimate or semi-legitimate tout. It turns out he's a scammer. And CNBC is still defending it and still going to run the show. So we'll talk about this guy and and what he did and uh, the reaction from the sports betting community to this scammer that is going to be portrayed as a tout on CNBC. Another poker player has been arrested. Not anything related to gambling, though. This is a Japanese guy who was arrested as part of a malware ring in Japan. Uh, apparently he used malware Which is uh, it, It's software that installs Either on your computer or your phone To do something bad That's why it's called malware You know, M-A-L usually means something bad it means bad in Spanish actually But uh, he had a company that installed malware Without people's permission on their Android phones And stole their email information And then once he harvested their emails this way uh, then apparently they were emailed some spam to direct them to some kind of bogus dating site and a lot of money was stolen from people this way where they signed up for this dating site that didn't really exist or do anything and uh, anyway this guy has played a good deal of poker and I, I hadn't really heard of him before but uh, he's played the World Poker Tour and the World Series of Poker. I even think I recognized him when I saw his picture. I may have even played with him at some point. But his name is Masa Kagawa and we'll talk about what he did. Are you waiting for your full tilt money? You probably are. Maybe it's a lot. Maybe it's a little. But uh, some people were thinking maybe in 2013 we're going to see our money. Nope. Payments are at least a year away, maybe more. We'll talk about that. A very, very, very slow process. Final topic, unless something else comes up. Remember the busts that occurred on the East Coast relating to a Russian gambling Ring, a Russian mob gambling ring Which included both uh, underground poker rooms in New York And uh, East Coast sports betting That was done in many cases through well-known poker players Such as Bill Edler and uh, Peter Feldman, Abe Mosseri, etc A lot of people were arrested, including the names I just gave Well, an interesting name has surfaced Who has pled guilty to being involved in this gambling ring he faces up to five years in prison. This is actually an executive producer of a show on Showtime that had that a successful first season and is going to be into its second season coming this year. So we'll talk about that. What a weird thing for an executive producer of a Showtime series to be involved in this. So those are the topics for tonight. If you call me and I don't answer... Please don't be insulted It's just that uh, I'm doing everything right now Or maybe we're in the middle of a topic We don't want to interrupt ourselves But I I try to answer phone calls here I like to take phone calls When you call in, please say who you are Sometimes I just get people saying hi and start talking But I would like to know who's calling And, you know, if you're just a lurker If you don't have an account on the site, it's fine You can call, but just say that Say, I'm a lurker But yeah, tell the truth don't hide behind fake names if you want to make a call I mean, we've had a few funny prank calls and gimmick calls And those are fine, I don't mind those But uh, if you're going to call and talk about something serious Then say who you are Even if it's just your first name Because you don't really post on the site We're having an count here So I guess I'll start off And by the way, the free roll starting now So if you're not in, it's too late I guess I'll start off quickly and tell you about my trip. You know that, uh, you know when someone takes a trip and then they make you sit down with them and they show you 500 pictures that they took that you don't care about and you have to sit there and look at pictures of their family and pictures of sites that look a hell of a lot better when you Google them than when they see people's pictures they took with their uh, iPhone? I'm pretty much going to do that to you right now in audio format I'm going to torture you with the details of a vacation I just took But not that many details I'm just going to tell you where I was and what I did Uh, Some people think I took this trip to unwind after my uh, unfortunate main event At the World Series of Poker But no, this was planned back in May I did time the trip to be shortly after the World Series ended because I felt I would probably need it. Whether I succeeded or failed at the World Series. And the truth is, that this World Series, I both succeeded and failed. I finished fifth in the main event, or not the main event, finished fifth in the uh, 5K limit event, which was, I would call, a success overall. I cashed in another event. I only played five other events besides those. Almost cashed in a few others, including the main, but, uh... Also, had a very uh, traumatic end to my main event that really affected me. So, in that way, it was a failure. It's also a failure in that I was really shooting for a bracelet in the 5K limit and came up short. So, I, I did schedule the trip knowing I'd probably need a break from poker. I did schedule it shortly after the World Series would be over. Uh, I went to a lot of national parks. I went to Glacier National Park, which is very beautiful. You're not going to see glaciers there unless you're going to take like a six-mile-each-way hike, but uh, it has the most beautiful mountain scenery you're going to see anywhere in the U.S. I know some other countries have great mountain scenery, like Switzerland, and I know Canada even has some really good mountain scenery, but in the U.S., you're not going to see anything better than Glacier. I went there. I went to Waterton, which is the park connected to Glacier in Canada, So I spent a night in Canada, went to, uh, actually went into a cave in Montana, then I went to Yellowstone for a few days. This was a family trip, it wasn't just me, by the way. Even Benjamin was there. And uh, also to Mount Rushmore, which uh, I I thought Mount Rushmore itself was interesting, it's something you should probably see, but the surrounding area I really didn't like. It was very, very touristy and uh, very, very gimmicky. Not the fall of Mount Rushmore. I mean, they, they can't control it. But the like 30 miles each direction is just one touristy gimmicky town after another. Never seen anything like it. Anyway, that was in South Dakota, and uh, so I saw Mount Rushmore and uh, Badlands National Park, Custer State Park in South Dakota, and finished off in Colorado Springs, which is about 75 miles south of Denver. And uh, saw a state park called Garden of the Gods which is uh, really interesting rock formations and uh, drove up to Pikes Peak on the final day of the trip before flying home the same night that's something you should do, by the way if you are in the Denver area go about 100 miles southwest through Colorado Springs to Pikes Peak and drive to the top it's very unique I thought it would just be kind of like driving up any mountain, except you go a lot higher. You know, Pikes Peak is 14,000 feet plus. I thought I'd just be driving to a high altitude and go, oh, look, I'm at 14,000 feet. But it wasn't like that. You actually drive up a windy road that with sheer cliffs below you, and you can see very clearly the cities below. You can see how high you are. It seems like you're driving in a place You have no business driving If you just picture like a winding road That just winds like many many Thousands of feet in the air And you're just driving up and up and up and up into the sky That's what it feels like It's it's a very unique driving experience That you won't get anywhere else At least not in the US And it is the highest point By a wide margin that you can drive to in the US So I did that on the last day didn't stay up there that long, because if you stay up at 14,000 feet for very long, you start to feel dizzy and tired, and I didn't want to have that when I had to drive back down, but it was interesting. So it was a 10-day trip from July 18th to July 28th, two days later now, July 30th, here I am doing the show again. I had another show planned to be canceled two weeks from now, but there's a good chance I'm going to do the show anyway. It's a good chance what I had planned that week is not going to happen anymore. I'll let you guys know. But I will definitely be here next week on August 6th at 7 p.m. at our normal time. So, now I will get on with... uh, the topics that we had planned. I'm reading the chat room. <laughs> um, someone saying in the chat. Obviously, if the kids don't eat free, Dref isn't stopping. That's referring to uh, the gimmicky towns. Um, someone else saying, uh, even when Ben is five, he'll say he's only three if the kids eat free is three and under. You know, I'll tell you, the kids eat free thing is not that great of a deal until your kids are actually older. What I usually do with Ben, and he's right now two and he'll be three in a few months. But, yeah, you know, he, he doesn't weigh that much. He, he weighs like 31 pounds or something. And, uh, obviously he doesn't eat a whole lot. And, and he's thin. He's, he's not definitely not a fat kid. Um... I just let him share with me I just order sometimes. Sometimes I order a little bit extra you Knowing I'm going to be sharing with him But I, I just feed him for my plate And it turns out better Because really what they have on the kids menus In these places are crap And when I say crap I mean like nutritionally crap So it's actually better If he gets what I order Which tends to be better for him And Jewishly it saves me money too Obviously So that's what I usually do so was asking if I give him a Pepsi to drink. No. <laughs> um, you know what people say, do as I say, not as I do? That's definitely me with Ben. Um, even though I drink a lot of unhealthy drinks, in fact, that's what caused me to gain weight, was drinking a lot of high-calorie, unhealthy drinks. I don't let him do it. So Ben drinks only water and milk. I don't even let him have juice. Because uh, that stuff makes you gain weight. Even though I do it. Trying to, uh, I'm, I'm hoping when Ben is 41, he won't have to like, you know, start losing weight like I did. Even though I was thin as a kid. So, uh, moving on to our topics, I think I've talked too much about my family already. I'm going to talk about uh, Bonnie Lane hosts. And by the way when uh, our co-host is ready we will pl- we will put him on. He's just uh doing some things in the background. I asked him at the last minute if he wants to come on and he said yes, but he had to do a few things first. Talk about Bonnie Lane host, we called her, we called her up last week. Chico Local called her while she was at work. Pretty funny call started out sounding serious. Of course as serious as Chico Loco Could sound But then made the call more and more ridiculous And eventually Russ Hamilton's name was brought up Claiming he wanted to bring his new friend Russ with him And at that point she If I could have seen her she would have turned white as a ghost I guarantee she turned white as a ghost When Russ's name was brought up But um, She said Russ Russ wasn't welcome there By the way But uh, she, she was very very nervous by the end of the call A few days later I think it was on Friday and The show was on Tuesday two weeks ago She was fired now, she shouldn't have had the job in the first place. I really, really hope that this happens more often where people associated with the UB scandal are either fired from their new jobs or not hired in the first place, even better. Actually, I don't even mind that much if they're hired than fired because it kind of like creates emotional stress for them. That's worse than just not getting hired. So I'm actually kind of happy it happened this way because I just like thinking of these people suffering in this way after they made innocent players like me and you suffer and people like Bonnie I mean she stayed silent for five years after this came out so some people are saying oh you know what if Bonnie was innocent well if she's innocent why didn't she come forward with the truth she definitely transferred funds around for Russ she definitely helped him get money off the site if she really was innocent she should have come forward and said, okay, this is what Russ asked me to do, this is what I did, this is why I did it this is what he said, here's who else was involved, here's what I know that's what an innocent person does a guilty person just stays silent, hoping that they just don't go to prison for what they did hoping their reputation doesn't get harmed anymore for what they did so there's definitely a reason she didn't explain herself until now but when I say explain herself, you might say, well, she hasn't explained anything yet, has she? She just got a job at the LVH but we haven't heard from her. Well, now we have. Kind of. Now, Bonnie Lanehose is an older woman. I don't know how old she is, but she's probably in her 60s or something. She goes way back with Russ Hamilton. Longtime friend of his. Was at the infamous roast in uh, Whitefish, Montana. Uh, she actually has a son who was photographed holding a uh, a dog. While wearing... A shirt that says uh, Something Mountain Lodge Whitefish, Montana The reason Whitefish, Montana Montana matters Is because uh, That's where Russ Hamilton's roast was Where she was And because there was a, a variable That was found In the UB client That enabled the cheating That was XR71 Whitefish And that couldn't be a coincidence Anyway Um Bonnie was fired on July 19th. And, um... I'm going read her statement after she got fired. Where is that? I had it in front of me, then I lost it. She got fired and she posted to Facebook. Where I was going with this was the fact that uh, Bonnie is not very computer literate. She's an older woman, and like many older women... Uh, they just never really understood computers all that well. And uh, Bonnie left her Facebook wide open to where everybody could see what she posted, and she didn't realize this probably being someone who isn't that computer literate. So this created an opportunity for us to see her reaction and, and you know read what she had to say about all this to who, who, what she thought was her friends, but she was actually posting things that were going to be broadcast to everyone and didn't realize it. So it was a unique opportunity to see what she's telling her friends and then all of us getting a front row seat to it. So this is what she wrote uh, a few days after she got fired. I think like on July 22nd. I think she got fired on the 19th. She wrote, Just to let everyone know, I'm no longer at the LVH and I'm pretty sure it is because of the negative article on the internet with regards to Ultimate Bet. I am devastated and I was lovingly I was loving working at the LVH the people were very nice and I had a game every day and knew I could grow the business Is that a lot to brag about she had one game running <laughs> she had a game every day It is a shame that association with someone can ruin one's life My performances my performance at the LVH was above and beyond why John Mayhafi had to write that article, that was someone who wrote an article about her recently. I do not know, and it is full of lies. He writes about things he knows nothing about. I am very depressed, and I do not know what I will do now. Don't you feel bad that Bonnie's depressed? Well, in case you do, ask yourself this It's been five years. Why haven't we heard from her? There was an article about her three years ago on Wicked Chops and her part in the scandal. Why didn't she deny any of it then? Why didn't she answer to any of it then? Why didn't she help people out who were investigating Russ Hamilton and investigating the situation? Why is she given no help when she was clearly a big part of this if she's innocent? That's not what innocent people do. When innocent people are accused, they will go out of the way to clear their name because the truth always wins out in the end. The truth is easy to defend because... You can keep bringing out all the information you have and it will point to your innocence. It's the guilty who, who don't want to discuss it. It's the guilty who want to hide things. It's the guilty who who want to keep this on the back burner. Who want to keep the accusations out there because responding to the accusations will make them look even worse. Think about it. If, if you stole $30,000 from me, I'm just making this up, but say you th- stole thirty k from me. If I accused you of it, you may not want to respond if you knew you were guilty and you knew that responding to me would make you look even worse. But if I falsely accuse you of stealing 30k from me, you'd be all over the place saying that I'm full of shit and bringing up every possible thing in your defense to prove that I'm lying. That's what innocent people do. Guilty people stay silent for five years despite many things written about them on the internet that seem to tie them to a terrible scandal like this. So here is her explanation that then she, she posted on Facebook to her friends She didn't realize we'd all be reading On July 25th, just five days ago In light of the recent flurry of accusations Associating me with the Ultimate Bet scandal I'd like to clear the air in my name Since statements are being made about me that are unfounded and not true I had no involvement or knowledge Of any cheating in Ultimate Bet or Absolute Poker I was hired as the tour director of Ultimate Blackjack Tour by Russ Hamilton and I performed my job responsibilities as directed. Yeah, you probably did perform as directed by Russ. I believe that part. (laughs) He directed you to get the money off that you stole from people. I received online transfers from Russ Hamilton from time to time for company expenses and any excess was given to Russ. Russ had a large line of credit with UB. That is what I was told so I did not think anything of this. I received absolutely no personal financial gain from any of these transfers. Why are we just hearing this now? Why are you coming out with this now because of your own pity party? Finally, something happens to you. Finally, you are a victim of something related to this, instead of just the perpetrator. And now, now you want everyone to feel bad for you. Now you want to come out and explain it. Where were you for the last five years? My main job was that of tour director for the Ultimate Blackjack Tour. Since it was a small company, Russ asked me to co-manage the affiliate program with Carolyn Hake. I only did this for a few months. I did the marketing for the affiliate program, and Carolyn handled everything else. I had no access to any affiliate accounts regarding funds, nor could I transfer any monies, nor could I create accounts. Carolyn had that responsibility and access to these accounts. Carolyn worked previously for Ultimate Bet in Costa Rica and I know she did transfers and worked closely with Russ regarding accounts. Obviously she doesn't like Carolyn Hake very much and is trying to throw her under the bus. The statement about me pocketing chips on Wicked Wicked Chops is completely ludicrous and unfounded. That was a statement on Wicked Chops, by the way, saying that she uh, was a tournament director in Aruba for the Aruba event that UB used to hold and then was fired for allegedly pocketing tournament chips. So this is her responding to that part three years later. I was the tournament director and had access to all of the chips. Well, okay. You had access to them, exactly. That's why people think you stole them. (laughs) How is that a defense? I didn't steal them, I just had access to them. Huh? I was never fired by Ultimate Bet because I never worked for them. Yeah, you worked for the Ultimate Blackjack Tour, which is pretty much the same thing. I created and produced the Aruba Poker Classic that they brought players to. Russ and I have not been tight for years, as people keep saying. I am very upset that he put me in this position. If anyone has anything else to say about this, I would like to know what facts they have to base their statements on. By the way, on her Facebook, people found uh, in December 2012, she was thanking her friend Russ and someone else for doing something for her. Now, she didn't say Russ Hamilton, but... What are the chances it's a different Russ? (laughs) I guess it could be, but... Anyway, that's her explanation on Facebook To her friends This was not a 2 plus 2 post This wasn't for the public This was for her friends to read And then it got out to everyone Because she didn't protect her Facebook account So people posted it on 2 plus 2 And Eleven Grover, Scott Bell We've had on the show before He's done a lot of research on this already So he had a rebuttal already He wrote the following. Her personal account received over $213,000 from several different cheating accounts and then cashed out over a million dollars. Not a company account, not an affiliate account. That's what she claimed, that she was doing this for company accounts. That she personally cashed out over a million, Scott bill is saying. Her husband, who still puts in time in Russ' golf foursome, saying that, you know, Carolyn, Not Carolyn, uh, That Bonnie's husband still golfs with Russ had three different accounts that funded cheating screen names prior to them going on player raping missions these are facts that have been conveyed directly to Ms. Lanehost without a plausible explanation saying your boss asks you to launder money and evade taxes and re- repatriating foreign funds doesn't really clear your name especially when he doesn't ever withdraw into his own accounts and then he posted some records Bonnie Lanehost's account was created on uh, June 25, 2002 Deposited 80K or so, lost money, lost about 27K at the tables. So that should leave her with uh, 53K, right? You deposit 80, you lose 27. That should leave you with 53K to withdraw. How much did Bonnie withdraw? $1 million. That's right. That's what she withdrew. Actually, more $1,028,555. Isn't that strange? Withdrawing one million bucks when you deposited 80K and lost? Hey, I'd like to do that. Whenever I deposited and lost money on poker sites, I either went bust or uh, I withdrew less than I deposited. I would love to deposit 80, lose, and withdraw a million. Pretty sweet. She received transfers from various cheating accounts. The infamous Sleepless account sent her 2K, Headcase01 sent her 1700, Squeezed center 50k, the Tack account center 2500. Let's Patty center 90k. These are all account- accounts that were confirmed cheaters. Uh, 21 center 10k, Do Me center 20k, Benz me center 30k, the infamous Neo Neo center 1700 dollars, and Who Where When, registered to uh, Travis McCar's uh, wife or mother, 95k. There was also an account uh, named Puerto Rico that she had that was uh, deposited 126k, lost 55k, and somehow withdrew 361k. So all in all, it looks like Bonnie withdrew almost 1.4 million despite losing on the site. So this wasn't just used to pay company expenses. It is true that uh, some of the cheating money was used to pay UB expenses You, know, you heard that on those uh, Russ Hamilton tapes we played on the show a few months ago But that's not what was going on here So um, here's some other interesting information posted by Scott Bell Miss Lanehost listed a McCarr-owned address as her primary house in Las Vegas during the scam Though at one point she also lived in Florida the details are not concrete But she acted as a financial overseer For a large investment in a floating casino Called the Mardi Gras Queen The captain said he recalled Lanehost represented Russ Hamilton in the venture The boat never succeeded As employers, as employees and investors were swindled of the seed money So another scam That she was somehow tied to Representing Russ um, And then there was one of the uh, One of the accounts That was used as a cheater The uh, Do Me account That sent her 20k to a person named Thomas King. It had a, a couple of naming coincidences to where um, uh, the individual Thomas King is actually fictitious and the address is listed as 301 Appleton in Miami as its address. Well, coincidentally, Miss Lanehose, or Ms. Lanehose, shall I say, is from a little town just north of Appleton, Wisconsin. And listed Appleton actually as her address for several years. And she also lived in Miami at one point. So isn't that interesting? That one of the cheating accounts has a fake address listed as 301 Appleton in Miami. And she lived just north of Appleton, Wisconsin, and also in Miami at one point. That's some coincidence, isn't it, Bonnie? So, um... Scott Bell wrote "Isn't it, it isn't helpful for Lanehost to finally raise her head Only after the scandal personally affects her And then offer no contrition But instead seek, seek sympathy from the community Who she assisted in hurting The time has come for truth and she isn't helping Exactly Um, She's not telling the truth She's not exposing things that Russ did She's not exposing exactly what her part of it was She's not giving us any useful information About the scandal She's just making excuses and asking for sympathy after she got fired for a job that should have never hired her in the first place because of the things she has done. So, can't feel sorry for Bar- Bonnie Lanehouse. Now, I mentioned that we had a phone number for her. We called her last week at uh, her work. Chico Loco called her. And uh, we talked to her at the LVH and Chico Loco pretended to be asking questions about coming down there whether he'd be allowed to play. But she also stupidly posted to Facebook information about an upcoming home game she's going to be running, including her address and phone number. So let me let me get that here. Where is that? I should have this ready, but you know, I always produce the show while I'm doing the show. Here we are um, This is what she posted Hello to my poker playing friends Well it is time for some sit and goes So here is the deal Saturday August 25th at 2pm No limit, hold them, $110 buy in 100 to the prize pool 10 for the dealer Saturday August 25th at 7pm, horse, 110 buy in Same thing Location, Bonnie's house and then she gave her address and phone number Please please feel free to invite your friends But you must RSVP And receive a confirmation from me to secure your spot Please be specific If you're playing both Or which one you were playing Remember there's two events here You'll be on a first come first serve basis Snacks and sodas supplied Pizzas at 6pm for those who want to play both events So you even get free pizza Sounds like a great deal No word on whether people can see your whole cards at these events Looking for a fun Saturday with friends. Football will be on so you can keep an eye on your favorite football team and play poker. So, uh... I don't know if this is from last year or from this year. Let's look at the dates. Let's see if August 25th is a Saturday. No, it's a Sunday. I guess it was last year. I I was going to call up an RSVP, but that'll sound a little bit stupid if it's from last year. But, uh... We'll see if this phone number is still good We'll have Colonel call up and say that he played last year Or maybe not that he played But his friend played And uh, and we'll see if she is going to be holding Any more home games And then we'll put on our co-host These are the prank calls I make Without feeling any guilt I love prank calling cheaters and scumbags because i don't feel bad about harassing them
1: Hello, this is Bonnie. Please leave your name, number, and a brief <laughs> message, and I'll call you back as soon as possible. Have a great day. Thanks for calling.
0: All right, we're not going to leave a message. We'll try this next week, maybe even later in the show. But that is her home phone number. I look forward to reaching her. Well, another person I look forward to reaching is our co-host, and hopefully he will answer. And here he is. Welcome to the okay. co-host. Hey, what's up? This is uh, China Maniac, and uh, welcome back to the show. I know you were gone for a few weeks here, but uh, glad to have you back on here.
2: Yeah, glad to be back on. Just uh, starting to get back into a groove after uh, getting back from the series. Things are getting back to normal, so am ready to start doing some radio again. Yeah. How's everything going tonight?
0: Yeah, so, oh, it's going fine. Uh, someone just in the chat room said I should leave a message, don't waste the opportunity. I, I don't think leaving a message is an opportunity because uh, she can't respond. I mean, yeah, it'll be kind of funny when she receives it, but we won't he- hear her reaction. So, I mean, I could, I could leave a message off the air, but I'm not going yes. to. I might as well just try to reach her.
2: Is this about Bonnie? I saw some of the chat. I didn't have the real Yeah, yeah, it
0: was about Bonnie. Yeah, we, we just, I just tried to call her. She she had a home game last year and stupidly posted her address and phone number up on her Facebook and left it open to everyone. Oh, wow. So, so the colonel was trying to call up and ask her if there's a home game this year. Right. And, uh, we didn't reach Yeah,
2: didn't, didn't she also, she denied, um, she denied talking to Russ anymore, but then it was found out that her husband's really good friends with him or something? Yeah, yeah, her
0: husband golfs with him, and she posted on Facebook in December, like, thanking her good friend Russ for something or other. Yeah, for Packers tickets. Yeah, yeah, for Packers tickets, exactly. That's what it was. So, so I mean, it's such BS. She's clearly still friends with Russ. She has to pretend she's not, you know, for for image purposes and getting these type of jobs, but uh, she doesn't realize, I, I think she just doesn't realize how diligent the internet is with looking these things up and investing. She doesn't realize, like, there's Scott Bell and the Haley Hints types out there who just, like, invest hours upon hours investigating this stuff and find right. out every single detail, and you, you can't get away. Like, you can't just make up excuses after doing something like this and get away with it, given all that the information that has been compiled by these people. So, right. So, yeah, uh, if,
2: you, if you do anything shady in the poker community, uh, the people on 2 Plus 2, I mean, they'll find out what ply toilet paper you use to shit by the end of the day. I mean... Yeah, especially just,
0: in a scandal like this. I mean, this this is huge. So, I mean, people have just... have been spending countless hours on this i mean if you think i've spent a lot of time talking about this i mean it's nothing compared to people like Haley and and scott so uh anyway what what, what happened with that room that room got shut down already didn't it well they they shut it shut itself down yeah i forgot to mention that yeah the room actually closed i don't know if it's reopened yet but it closed after they fired her so they could kind of restructure the whole thing so they 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 fired her and said we're closing the room now from her own Facebook message about the situation She said, I had a game going every day Well that's not a lot to brag about in a poker room That you have a game going Especially in Las Vegas But uh, So I guess they figured Without a manager and with only one game going It's not going to really hurt them very much To just shut down and restructure And get someone else And put this whole mess behind them They obviously did the right thing by firing her Both uh, from a moral standpoint and a business standpoint Because uh, they, they knew it couldn't be helping them To Keep getting hassled by people who don't want to see her working there. So, anyway, um, that's uh, I. I mean, it was funny because I was telling my girlfriend about this, and she said, "Well, what if this woman's innocent? What if you've been harassing an innocent person? What if people on the internet got an innocent older woman fired?" I'm like, "No. If if you saw the information that had to do with Bonnie here, you would never believe she was innocent." Also. Why would she not have Spoken up for five years And my girlfriend said Yeah you're right There's no way Right So The, yeah. the, the five yeah, years well. Is the biggest thing I mean you, Even forgetting all the stuff Scott Bell posted Even if Even if she was completely Tricked by Russ Hamilton Five years ago The time to come out with it Was five years ago And say Hey Russ tricked me Here's everything he did Here's everything I did for him This is what happened You know Go get him Not just stay silent Right But uh, And then you know Your husband golfs with a guy that uh, clearly not someone That you dislike so, so um, He's cl- clearly not someone who ruined your life. That's the way she's trying to portray it. Like she knew Russ at one point and worked for him, and now it's ruined her life. It's not that simple. So, uh, and I, I hope anybody who, who knowingly got involved in this or who knowingly withheld information that went during the investigation of this, I, I hope their life gets ruined. Because people's lives got ruined from the scandal who were victimized. So the people who, who committed the crime, I, I, I hope their lives get ruined because nobody went to jail for this. Yeah, for sure. So I, I'm glad. I, I'm happy to see when these people, the, their lives go downhill. That's the way it should be. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, another scummy person, not quite as bad as the UB cheaters, but uh, on a much smaller scale, uh, did a pretty bad thing. Talked about it last week. Vladimir Geshkinbine known as Bane, uh, he took staking money, $82,000 worth of staking money, and uh, chunked all of it off. There were stakes for the World Series, and uh, he played some events, but uh, the money was all gone by the time it came time to play the main. Told everyone, sorry, I have to cancel the stake. Now, canceling a stake is not bad if you give everyone the money back. So if you just say, hey, I decided not to play or whatever, and you just give people the money back, that's fine. I once canceled a stake. I canceled a stake in 2010 for the 10K limit hold'em when I got very sick. And I said, I I think I'd be better off just giving everyone their money back than playing feeling like this. And everyone agreed. And nobody was mad at me for canceling it. Uh, However, if I said, I blew all your money, so now I'm canceling it, and you don't get anything back, then they'd be pissed, and rightfully so. That's basically what he did. He blew everyone's money being a degenerate, that they staked him for the World Series and they didn't play the main. And then someone else came forward and said, Hey, I'll stake you for the main. <laughs> so then, then he did play the main on someone else's stake, and the original stakers got screwed. Well, despite this happening, the guy finished 62nd in the main, and uh, I don't know if anyone, any of the original stakers got paid, but even when he claimed he would pay them was less than the amount they invested. So he finishes 62nd in the main, and they still lose money. So... Yeah. Yeah, what's he saying? He's not going to pay them back at all? Well, the last he said was at least the last thing I saw, I mean, there is let me let me go to the thread about this and get current just in case. But uh yeah, I,
2: I totally agree with you. Like, it's one thing, you know, he blew the money, he canceled the stake, at that point it should just stop. He should pay them back if he's fortunate enough to find another backer to back him then. I mean, if he makes any money, any profit should go back to the, um, you know, the people that he owes money, but, you know, g- serial scammers like this usually don't think that way.
0: Yeah, this is what he wrote, actually, on uh, either on 2 Plus 2 or somewhere else. A quick statement from my side. The thread title is obviously ridiculous and false. That's you know, the one accusing him of being a scammer. If I indeed wanted to scam anyone, I would just not have fucking communicated at all with anyone. Are you guys retarded? I have very clearly canceled the action for the main event before it started. Obviously, it's not a gentleman thing to do, and I apologize, and I still do apologize. Like, that really helps anything. Uh, but I wanted you to understand the reasons why I did it. That's why I posted a long post revealing that my financial situation is not the best, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I deeply regret doing this. Should have just canceled it and not said why. Wouldn't have been such a pain in the ass that way. <laughs> wow. When I posted this, I made very clear the action is canceled, and everyone will get the main event action refunded, including markup, obviously. As an apology, I am now refunding the whole main event action at double markup, but some people will never get their mouths full, eh? Some people are trying to free-roll me now and demand shares of the main event, which I luckily got to cash, which is obviously not going to happen. He's accusing people of trying to free-roll him! (laughs) So so the last I had heard before this was that he was going to pay people like about three-quarters of what they invested in him, meaning they wouldn't even break even. Now he's claiming that, uh, he's like, no, not only am I going to give people What they paid back, I'm going to double it. I'm such a nice guy. Yeah, even though I can't, I cashed like over ten times what the buy-in was. Right. I'm giving you double your your money. What what a great deal.
2: Eh, Still, it's. I mean, technically, they didn't have action on him in the main event. I mean, he canceled the stake. He didn't have the money, and you know. Well, no, but he didn't cancel.
0: He was he was canceling and giving the money back. He didn't give any
2: money back. I know, but what is he supposed to do when someone else comes forward and says, you know, I'll stake you for the main? I mean, do, do you think that their action should be put back on, even though he's
0: broken? Somebody
2: else is staking him now?
0: Well, we, I talked about this last week. Um, obviously, the first priority has to come to the new staker, or the new staker just wouldn't do it. So I'm right. don't say i not saying the new staker should not get what it was agreed upon. However, every penny beyond that should go to the, to the original backers. He should right, keep any
2: of it. it. You mean like their like what they would have cashed in the main event too?
0: I I, I think what they what he should do is
2: because um... I mean what if he busted the main event would they take the ten thousand off I mean you know you know what I'm saying like it's got to work one way or the other like either he's got to be either he's got to be.
0: Well, no. You know, if, if if they have action, then yes. But we're uh, yeah. come up with some but kind I'm of agreement. He, he canceled but, the action, though, right? But but it wasn't canceled because he, um, if he canceled it and promised to pay everyone back in full and had a, a real plan to do so, right. fine. But they didn't know if they'd ever get the money out of him because he was busto. Right. But um, so he's saying that that was his point. Hey, I canceled it. All I really owe you back is uh, is, is what you invested. But the thing is, they didn't have a guarantee they're getting it back. It's, it's not like when I canceled it because I got sick and uh, people knew I'm paying them. Right. Um, yeah, see, I
2: still, I not that I take his side, but I still think that that's the right thing to do. I mean, he canceled it. Now, even though he didn't have the money, he still wouldn't have played if someone else didn't come, to, come forward to stake him. So, I mean, they should obviously get whatever they invested in him back for that event, but I don't think any of the original stakers should profit off of what he made in the event. But if the money that he did profit should be should go to pay them back whatever his stake was before he went to play the main event. That's just the way I see it, but I mean...
0: Yeah, see, I, I don't agree. I think that uh, when, when when you have... When people have backed you for that event, um, you shouldn't be able to just cancel and and, and switch to someone else. That, that right there is very scummy to do. And, and if you, the reason you did it is because you stole the original staker's money. Right. Uh, it's, it's not like he got sick... Cancelled it in the last minute. Felt better and couldn't couldn't contact the original stakers and got someone else to back him. Then I then I agree they don't deserve anything. Then it just got cancelled. Here he he cancelled it because he stole the money and lost it. That's where that's where I feel he owes something back and 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 uh, um, you know and and so he that's why he's trying to say they're trying to free roll him like oh if I lost they still expect me to give the money back. Well, you you shouldn't have blown it in the first place. I mean he had to come and, and that's why when he was doing well in there they were trying to come up with some kind of compromise with him. But but he was very unreasonable about it.
2: Oh yeah, I, I, I read I skimmed through a lot of it, but yeah, it's just a tricky situation, you know. I mean,
0: but it, it wasn't just like, like like he was saying. Even if he won the event, that uh, at most they'd just be getting their money back.
2: See, I, I almost agree with them there. I mean, it sucks for them, but I mean, but he
0: stole the money. He he, he didn't just can he didn't cancel it because he didn't want to play. He can't change his mind. But, he stole the money. But he wasn't playing on the main event with their money. He was playing on somebody else's money. Yeah, only because he stole it. That, that was the problem. See, if, I, I think if he canceled it voluntarily, not because he stole the money and was broke, but canceled it just because, you know, he doesn't want to play anymore or whatever, and then gave everyone their money back immediately, and then at that point somebody else staked him, then then they're not owed a thing. Though I, I still think it's kind of, you know... It, it, I can see people being annoyed but he doesn't really owe it to them but but here he only canceled it because he stole their money and and had no way to enter. Right.
2: right. So what happens if he didn't get staked though then he has to he would have been forced to pay them back either way. Yeah, I just he, think the fact that he told even though he stole their money and blew it like he's still not playing with their money on the main event. I you know, he's playing on somebody else's dime. I, but what he could have what he could have done was was given the backer uh you know his portion and then Given the stakers their portion, and then, you know, if there's anything left over, he gets whatever. That, that's is left what I feel over. he should
0: have done. That, that's what I, fe- I, I think, if you're stupid and you blow, pe- you steal people's money that they're staking right. you with, you have to suffer the consequences out of whatever you win. And that, right. that's what he should have done is just given both people the action, or at least made some compromise to where everyone felt somewhat whole from the whole thing. But, but to say, yeah. hey, even if I win the main event for uh, for nine million dollars. That right. you, all you do is get your money back. I mean, that, that's real slap in the face. I mean, at least at say, uh, hey, if I, if I finish this place, you get this much back. Like, at least some reduced payout table or something. To, to I mean, this was really crazy. So, right. uh, so I saw someone just called in for the 810 area code. If you want to call in, uh, I didn't get to your call in time, but I will take your call if you call back mm-hmm. uh, or anybody else who wants to call. So that that's the story with this uh, Vladimir. But, but uh, the, the second part of the story Is that PKR.com He's a pro of PKR.com Which is a site only for Europeans uh, They have not dropped him as a pro after all this Which which I think is really crappy Because uh, He had a blog on their own site About this whole stake Then he ends up stealing the money And and blowing it Creating this huge controversy And they keep him? At this point he made himself look so bad they should distance themselves immediately. Say sorry. You know, we're, we're firing you as a pro. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: The best part is they were using him for publicity. They were putting out all kinds of press yeah. releases about his deep run.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> so and he's still there. If you, you go to their PKR.com and uh, look at their community uh, poker pros, you can see it. Uh, pkr slash en slash community slash pkr dash pro. You can you can see he's still right up there. And, uh, and then somebody else posted that P.K.R. is doing something else shady, not related to him, that uh, they're screwing their affiliates, too. I, I guess a story just came out that P.K.R. is um, is demanding you keep bringing them new players, and if you don't, then they're retroactively taking away your commission you were making from previous people you brought. So here Seriously. you were told, you know, you bring such and such player, this will be the commission you get for, for life from this player, from whatever they rake. Right. So you do that, and then later on they go, you know what, we don't like the fact that you only brought us three grinders, you know, last year and haven't done anything since then. So, right. so even though these players are still raking, and thanks for that, but uh, since you're not bringing anyone new, we're, we're reducing your commission on those players.
2: Yeah, that's ridiculous. I, I mean, mean, if they that's... want to say
0: future players get less commission, fine. That, that's right. for the future, but it's going forward. But they're actually bringing back your... Uh, they're actually reducing the commission on previous players you've brought, and if you don't bring in anybody for six months, they just take away your commission. Wow. So you can have like some massive grinder on there who's just playing all day and all night, just raking huge, and if you can't bring them someone new in six months, they take them away from you and pay you nothing. Unbelievable. So this is obviously not a very honest company. And uh, I, I don't suggest, I suggest anyone who plays there just doesn't play, because it's not just out of principle not to play on these sites, so that's a good reason to quit also. But if they screwed others, they're probably going to screw you eventually too. It's, uh, once they're showing their character to be this way, to keep him as a pro and keep promoting his deep run, despite what he did to cheating stakers, and then they're screwing their affiliates, they're going to screw you next as a player. So, right. it was like what I said to the people who kept playing on UB during the scandal. Like, uh, you know, when, when they ultimately got cheated, not only didn't I feel bad for them, I, I was kind of glad. Like, I, I'm not glad to see people losing money there who didn't know, like casual players who had no clue, but anyone who got screwed by UB stealing all the money and running off on Black Friday, um, I don't feel bad for those people. In fact, I'm happy it happened to them, because... Uh, the people who, who didn't continue playing there, like me, we left a lot of money on the table from fish, as, as a statement against a site that, that cheated all of us, that cheated our community. And the ones who kept playing greedily, well, they, they not only took a big risk that they would get victimized again, which they did, but they were really slapping the community in the face by, uh, by keeping the site going. And I, I always got excuses from people. Oh, you know, I, I'm getting such high rake back. I'm actually not paying any rake there. And uh, oh, I'm beating all their fish and killing their action. I'm actually hurting them. No, you're not. Because when you're sitting there waiting for fish to sit, you're acting as an unpaid prop. That, that's what you're doing. Uh, uh, fish don't want to come to a site and see zero, 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 zero as far as you know who's playing and have to sit and wait for a game. Fish want to sit down and play immediately. That's why I always advise: don't go play anyone who's just sitting there by themselves because they're typically good. Yeah, it's
2: either a bot or it's probably like a, a world-class heads-up player or something close to that. Yeah,
0: yeah. So so that's the reason that if you sit there and wait for players to sit with you, you're actually doing the site a favor. They need people like you. So,
2: anyway. Yeah, I, I, I've heard of some sites like uh, Affiliate Commission where if you only bring in like low level amount of action, they'll only give you a very tiny percent. And the only way you'll get like a you know whatever most sites would pay would be to get like twenty to thirty thousand dollars worth of rake per month. But you know some of these sites are they're right up front with it about that. But changing it in the middle, very shady. Yeah, Just very changing shady. Changing the rules all of a sudden, taking back what you know what's rightfully what should be rightfully yours. And uh, one other thing on another note, I heard card. Uh, who was it? Card Runners. I heard they they dropped their affiliate program recently. I don't know if they pulled all future commissions for um, any of their signups, but I, that's something I'll have to look into. And you know, maybe we can bring that as up as a topic. Nothing wow. shady going on there, but I heard they they dumped their affiliate program as a lot of sites have been lately.
0: So yeah, that's just, crazy. Uh, so yeah, uh, I haven't heard about that one, but yeah, I mean it's it's terrible to to ever pull back anything you've promised people.
2: Right.
0: It's just uh, really awful. So, uh, anyway, uh, let's move on to the next topic here. Uh, where Where's my agenda? Here we are. Daniel Negreanu has opened his mouth again. He likes to talk. He likes to make uh, outspoken sorts of commentary. Sometimes it's comments I completely agree with, like stuff about UB and... Sometimes stuff about the World Series. You know, a lot of times he says some good things that needed to be said and other people won't say. And sometimes he says things that I think either embarrass him or I mean, where he embarrasses himself or just says things I flat don't agree with. And uh, you know, recently he's been involved in that whole Choice Center thing, which I think is kind of weird. I mean, it's his own choice if he wants to get into it. But um, I, I think Negreanu is basically a good guy. And I don't think he's shady at all. But I, I think he's not completely right in the head I, I don't think he's a nutcase But I think he's not completely right in the head I think there's something off with him And I think some of this Was brought on by the death of his mother I, I don't think I think The the center of Negranu's personal problems Comes from the fact that Even though he has a lot of friends And a lot of people who really admire him And even though he's famous I don't think Negranu feels That there's anyone in this world Who really loves him now that both of his parents are dead, and um, and he doesn't have any significant other that he's with, so I, I think that really eats away at him. I think that's what brought him to Choice Center. These are just my theories about him, but what about what about Mushu, his dog? Is his dog still around? I I don't know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember he always used to have his dog around in his blogs. Yeah, but uh,
0: I mean, and I, the- yeah, and I can see this how this would bother someone. I mean. If you think about celebrities, and he's not a huge celebrity, he's a poker celebrity, but he's not like a a huge celebrity compared to uh, mainstream celebrities. But think of like a mainstream celebrity, and you you think, oh, it'd be wonderful, everyone looks up to you, everyone kisses your ass, everyone does you favors, you know, everyone wants to hang around you, but but it it would kind of suck to think that all these people just want to be around you because you're famous and not because of who you are, or not because they care about you as a person, or not because they give a shit about you. And, uh, you know, it, it can be tough If you think that you have All these people surrounding you All these people who want to be around you But nobody who really cares about you and, uh, and and when you lose your family And you lose people you know Who work close to you and really did care about you And then you all you're left with is all, all these admirers But people who don't necessarily care about you as a person It, it can affect you But anyway, that's not what I really wanted to talk about I Just an additional comment about Negroni But I, on the other side, I will say that Overall, I like him. Overall, I, I think he's a good ambassador for poker. He treats his fans very well. I've seen him at the World Series, and he's very interactive with his fans. And um, and and he's spoken out about a lot of things like UB that a lot of the other mainstream top pros won't do. But um, he lashed out at Durr. And I think this started because... Uh, I hadn't seen him attack Durr before, but I think he lashed out at him because Durr didn't show up on time to an online uh, there's like they were like filming a Poker Stars versus Full Tilt Poker online grudge match at the Victoria Casino in London and he showed up like 4 hours late Tom Dwan did right and uh, i think Negrani was angry i think that like just pissed him off and i think that just like set him off about Durr, who he probably never respected that much in the first place. But this is what he had to say about Durr, who, by the way, started out in this community. He started out in everyone poker. And, uh, you know, we all knew Durr, and he was a nobody back then. Now now he's obviously very well known in poker and uh, kind of in his own little world. But that's re- he really started out in our community. It was, it was yeah. a surprise to see what he rose up and became. I'll but, actually
2: say this before you continue. I mean, if I were in his shoes, I mean, I'd be a little pissed too. I mean, if you show up for something four hours late, I mean that that's gonna you know. Oh, yeah, I, I agree with He's gonna on. be he's gonna be sitting there all day as well. Yeah, I, I,
0: I, I, I totally agree with Negreanu on this one. So on this part, the, the second part I really don't right. agree with him. But the first the first part he wrote uh, this is what they wrote in the article, which is on uh, pokerplayer.co.uk. Today, Negreanu's ire is centered squarely on one Tom Durr-Dwan. Who is holding up the filming of a Poker Stars vs. Full Tilt Poker online grudge match by being four hours late to the Victoria Casino in London? Negrano thinks that because Juan, quote, plays such high stakes and the media is not his passion, he neglects it. Before following with a telling barb. If you're a sponsored player and you get paid, then you better do those things or you're disrespecting your organization and the game. If you aren't prepared to do that, then don't wear the patch. And he's right, you know, um, Durr is a Full Tilt pro, and he's saying, look, if Full Tilt pays you, to show up and play this online grudge match of Full Tilt per, you know, versus PokerStars, which, of course, is owned by the same company now, but whatever. It, it's, it's, a, it's a promotion that he's supposed to be part of because he's a Full Tilt pro, and then he shows up four hours late. Uh, that, that is disrespectful to the people who are paying you. And, uh, and it's disrespectful to the people who do show up on time to play the match, like Negranu. And Negranu had to just sit there and twiddle his thumbs and wait for Durr to show up. So... I agree with him on this But this is this is probably what set off Negranu About Durer And then he went on To uh, criticize him in another way The article goes on to say Having brought up the negative impact Online poker had on his own success It felt natural to go back and push him further On Tom Duan, the undoubted leader of the online generation This is what Negranu said I don't think Tom is one of the best in the world I don't know if he ever was He got elevated after his appearances on high-stakes poker because he ran well and played well, but realistically, he doesn't put in the time or practice playing now to be one of the best in the world. Then it says, furthermore, Negrano thinks that the other top players, quote, all lick their lips when they think about playing Dwan heads up. Uh, And then Negrano explains, a lot of guys like Dwan, Phil Galfond, and the Dang brothers didn't grind their way up to the very top. They just had enough money for the perfect storm when Cirque du Soleil owner Guy Liberté lost $17 million on full tilt, and they all got a piece of that. Any grinders who were able to play in those games would have won that money. So, he's basically saying, Tom Juan is nothing special. Uh, he's a decent player, but nothing great. He just happened to be in the right place at the right time and uh, and beat a huge fish, which anyone would have done who was a competent player. And, and he actually included... Uh, Phil Galfond and the Dang brothers in this saying that they're also not that great. They just were all there in the right spot at the right time. And I, you know, I have to say, I agree that if you put Durr against some of the top online no-limit-holding players right now, the top heads-up players, he probably wouldn't be a favorite because these guys I just did. put him so, so many more hours and study the game so much more than he does. I agree. Uh, but I think at the same time, you, you can't Take away from what Durr accomplished. Uh, right. He may have made a lot of money off of Gilles *Liberté*, but how did he get the money to play there? He didn't have right. some rich guy staking him. He he got up to that level by winning. He got right. up to that level by beating the levels below him. And even if his bankroll was propelled a lot further up by playing these nosebleed games against the fish, um, he wasn't just some rich guy who sat in who had the money to play against the Megafish, and then brags about his winnings. That's definitely not Durr. Uh, Durr definitely has shown that uh, he's a very talented player, and I don't think you can take that away from him. I think the only thing that I agree with what Negrano said there is about uh, the current online uh, heads-up All-Stars could probably be Durr in the long run.
2: I'm sure they could, like Ike Haxton, maybe Phil Galfond, a couple others. But, I mean, at the same time, I think Dwan – I read yesterday that, like, one of those Dang brothers is up, like, one or two million this year playing No Limit Online, and Dwan himself's up a million playing online in, like, very very little action because he's playing in those big Macau games. And then at the same time, of course, I mean, that would be like saying that, you know, Phil Ivey isn't one of the, the top – Live players because he beat Andy, you know, he beat Andy Beal for like thirty million or whatever it was. But I mean, to get to that point to play those stakes, you you have to grind pretty hard. And you know, obviously owning full tilt would be, you know, would give him a bankroll to play in that game when they played that huge whatever it was, a hundred, two hundred thousand limit hold'em. But um, you know, you, in order to play play the highest stakes to Beat the fish, I mean, that's a unique skill in itself just to get that far. Yeah. You know? yeah. Oh, and
0: and he even included Galfond in this. I mean, like, he's not even saying, like, uh, oh, Durr's not as good as Galfond. He's saying, he's saying Galfond's not that good either. I mean, I I, I think Negranu to some degree, resents the younger players for uh, stealing some of his thunder. You know, when people talk about the greats in poker, now now they talk about people like Phil Galfond, not necessarily Negranu anymore, who's more of, like, a personality rather than... Uh, seen as, as one of the real greats in the game, and I think that bothers him. So I'm sure that contributes to and I'm and obviously he was angry at Durr personally for showing up late, which I understand. Uh, but uh, I think he took this one too far as far as yeah. know, criticizing very successful players who have demonstrated that uh, they're very talented in the game, and even if some right. super-dedicated yeah. High limit grinders may have passed them now in skill. That doesn't take away what they did before that.
2: Yeah, Tom Dwan. He didn't. He started at five dollar sit and goes and grinded his way to the top of the online food chain. And nobody would play the guy. Yeah. For for, you know, nobody with any sensible brain would play him for a few years there. I mean, that's. uh, I mean, he's the the quintessential online story of someone that started with nothing and went all the way to the top. Um, so, yeah, I don't think uh, the criticism was really that fair. Outside of the part that, yeah, he, like you said, he's probably an underdog, maybe, to some of the top players now. But, um, yeah, I agree with you. And I do think that he, he – it does seem like he – maybe resentment's not the word, but he – I think, like you said, he's getting his thunder stolen. It always seems like he wants to, wants to be lumped in – Kind of lumped in with like you know when he started playing in all those twenty five fifty and fifty hundred games on PokerStars like so I don't know um, I guess I agree with you there yeah he he really wants
0: to and he even said in that article that he wants to win the main event he wants to he Negreanu really wants to be remembered as one of the just great players that people look back one day. And say, wow, Negranu was just a beast of a player, just a, one of the best ever in poker. He, 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 I think he feels he's not getting the type of respect for his game anymore that people like Phil Ivey are still getting. Right. So, so I think that's well. The different
2: the difference is, I mean, he's never going to get that respect from the community because, from at least the online poker community, because he doesn't beat cash games, and if you can't beat cash games, then you know people are just going to look at you as a attorney donk, even if you're a very successful attorney donk. I mean. I just think a lot of people grade people on uh their cash play and it's just something that he hasn't excelled in online and I don't know what he plays live or whatever, but I mean he had a challenge match on poker stars last year versus uh, one of the better heads up players and and the guy absolutely destroyed him. It might have been last year or the year before it was a promotional match on poker stars and yeah he just uh he got torn apart
0: you yeah know, have um, someone in the chat saying uh, he's going to be remembered for the mass suicide at Choice Center. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey but don't 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 forget after he went to that choice center he did win that um the uh, the asia millions or whatever yeah and, and don't don't
0: forget uh, what antonio won antonio won uh, huge money 18 million at the one drop event uh call you're on the air uh hello yes
4: okay uh, hey, i've uh, been partway through this discussion about negrano but i wanted to ask you uh have you ever looked at the uh the stats on OPR?
0: I, I have, not recently. He's talking about the uh, um, on, online poker ratings.
4: Uh official poker rankings, o- official for, like, poker online ranking players. right, yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> have you have you looked at the difference between the winnings listed and the profits? Because at least it used to show profits. Now it doesn't show for poker stars unless they opt in, but it used to you can still see it for full tilt players. Um but it like it gives a lot of detailed info on like you know, you'll see someone has, like, $2 million in cashes, but their profits are maybe, like, $300,000. Right. Um, I, what I'm getting at is, like, Negrano is one of the top, uh, like, tournament uh, money leaders on that list or whatever. But um, I, I'm just curious, like, how much uh, – wait, hold on one sec
0: um, – how much profit uh, yeah, does he to make? Ask, uh, like, do you think he's actually a profitable tournament player? I, I think he probably is, but of course, uh, it's not what it shows. Like, you look at uh, the Hendon Mob results, and he's got what, like like ten million dollars or whatever listed for his uh, lifetime tournament yeah. winnings. Uh, no, he's not up ten million dollars anywhere near that in tournaments, and and that's that's the problem with these things is they just list uh, cashes and not buy-ins. And
4: right. Um, did you see the picture that he posted on Twitter? No. Uh, it's for 2013 tournaments. I think he's cashed in $1.8 million, um, but his buy-ins are about 900000
0: Oh, I did hear about that. I didn't see it, but I heard about it.
4: Yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't realize he was you know, putting up that much in buy-ins, and it's really got me to start thinking that, I mean, look at how long his career is and you know, what his, uh, you know, even though he is like, the number three you know, all-time leader on that list, uh, I don't really know how profitable he is. Oh, every yeah, factor and the, the, the millions that he's lost just on the televised cash games. I mean, the guy is like a you know a borderline fraud. Well, but well, I wouldn't uh, call him a borderline fraud. I mean, I'm sure he's a
2: profitable tournament player overall. But um, at the same time, you know, it it really doesn't matter because PokerStars. I mean, I heard his contract is astronomical with PokerStars. So I mean, oh you know, yeah. As long as he's getting money from them to play, it really doesn't matter if he's profitable or not.
0: By the way, who, who is this calling in? What, what is your name?
4: Uh, I would prefer not to say. All
0: right. <laughs> we have all these anonymous calls. Look, and, the the point is with uh, with Negreanu is that I, I do think it's very possible that uh, – his tournament winnings, when you subtract the buy-ins, and especially when you subtract whatever expenses that he had to put into uh, going to all these places to play, uh, is nowhere near what people would think it is. Uh, and, uh,
4: I, I completely agree with that and what you said before. I just think that it's even worse than probably you guys would guess. I mean it might you know, be. Why, why, is, why isn't Granu, you know famous? It's, it's all because of the 2004 Player of the Year, which was probably one of the easiest years to make money in tournament poker uh i mean
0: it, it probably yeah. is but uh um I, you know i've played with a guy personally uh, not not for a long periods of time but it, it's not like i thought he was a fish and and i thought he was a fraud i i saw him like at a limit holdem event and and he made some really good reads at the table that i was impressed with um and and that's really the game he started with by the way with limit holdem but uh at, at the same time with a lot of players negrano included especially tournament players, the people really, really, really overestimate what they're up and how much money they've cleared after everything, after the buy-ins and expenses from playing poker. Well. And, and you know, even I get fooled by this sometimes until I really think about it. I'll see, like, such and such name cashing big a few times and I'll go, oh, wow, I wish I was this guy. And then I, then I think, wait a minute, what about all the people I thought of this about three years ago? Where are they now? And I take a look and they've had, like, almost no cashes in the last three years. Like, wow, they oh, must have lost a fortune playing all. These. There's no way they would just like won this and quit. They, they, like, them, yeah, like, I mean, and a
4: lot of these people, you see them on like the poker news videos that they're going to all these tournaments. They're making, they're traveling the circuit. So, you know, like, you know, like JC
2: like, Trans, the best example of that until yeah. this final table. When was the last time you heard JC Trans' name before he final tabled the main event this year?
0: Yeah, he was. He was definitely one who was just just killing it. For a while, and then uh, and then got, fell off the radar. Now he played cash too, and I have played him before in cash, and he's a, he's a, a good cash player. But I don't know how much cash he was playing, and I know definitely he was entering a lot of events and and not getting very far after his uh, yeah. really strong run at one point. And uh, and someone just said in the chat, uh, it's the travel costs that eat you. Definitely that too. I mean that's that's what I'm saying. That the if you start traveling to tournaments that are not nearby that you can't just drive to and stay in some cheap hotel boy does it start eating up a lot of money uh
2: here's the one thing i think that eats the most is let's say you go out right this year and you profit two million dollars in tournaments all right you fork over whatever you have to fork over to the irs next year you go and you lose a million dollars in buy-ins you know you you don't get any leeway on that you're just gonna you're just gonna lose it all you know what i mean like you're going to get discounted on your winnings, and then if you have a three- or four-year losing streak where you're not cashing, you're going to be shelling out a shitload in buy-ins Yeah, and the expenses. Well, so, so, so mean, someone's but... saying
0: in, in chat that poker stars probably pays some travel expenses. I, I think PokerStars, uh, from, from what I understand, um, and this is what I understand from Moneymaker's original contract, or at least one that he had for a while, was that like money was getting a million a year for a while but it wasn't getting a, like a check for a million dollars what he was getting was a package that included tournament buy-ins travel expenses and some cash and it all adds together i'm sure that's what they're doing for Negreanu so Negreanu probably is entering a lot of these tournaments or maybe even all of them for free as part of a, a, as his poker stars compensation but uh, but you know, that's that's a different story that means he's really making the money you have to take the value of that and say that's what stars is paying him, not necessarily what he's winning. It's not fair to say, I won this money uh, playing poker, and just because I didn't have to personally pay for the buy-ins, I can't, I don't count the buy-ins. You have to count the buy-ins, as far as what your poker winnings are. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, something I don't talk about much, but it's true, I didn't buy myself in to the event I won. In 2005, Inner Poker bought me in. To the uh, 3K limit hold'em, which I won. I, I they bought me in completely. It wasn't. Uh, I didn't have to pay them anything when I won it. I kept all the money, but uh, I, still, I, I don't say I, I, I did. I still subtract the 3,000 buy-in from what I won as my poker winnings. The 3,000 they they bought me in for, I considered money they just gave me. Right.
2: Yeah, I've I've actually heard his contract though. I doubt he has. Like travel and buy-ins and all that crap put up for him. I just heard he gets a flat number, and I heard it's between five and ten million. I don't know how accurate that is. No, I, but, that
0: doesn't sound right. It sounds weird. Uh, well,
2: much. I mean, he might mean that much to that company. I mean, he's he plays every single event, and he, he goes deep a lot, does a lot of interviews. He's always on TV, and I mean, that company makes a ton of money. And don't forget, um, I mean, he he talked about before he signed with them that. Uh, you know, full full tilt couldn't even come in the same ballpark when it you know, when they tried to sign him too. And they were throwing a lot of their pros some pretty big money.
0: Yeah, well I, I still don't know. That that sounds like I, I never heard of Poker Stars paying anyone on their roster more than a million at any point. Eh,
2: I don't know. Well maybe maybe I mean, it could could be a fable, but um I'm pretty sure my source is okay for this. Um but who knows? It could be. It could be wrong.
0: Yeah. Well, no. If they're giving him that type of money, obviously they're probably not. They're, they're not saying a I mean, travel event. may be part of the. Events. That may be part of the package, though. It's a little bit. They could call it five million, but you know, one million or two millions being put in for tournaments.
2: Oh yeah, actually yeah, that that probably makes more sense. So to have it set that way, but uh, anyway, yeah. One thing the caller said was he couldn't believe his. You know, nine hundred thousand like seems like a lot, but you got to remember he plays every one of these hundred thousand dollar events, and there's you know there's a bunch of them now every year. So and oh, that's going to be the one thing I think that's going to bankrupt a lot of uh, stakers and uh, pro players. Is these um, yeah, I
0: don't understand like, it. Yeah, you're right. I think that too. When I look at these hundred thousand dollar buy-in events that people keep entering, I'm going, where's the money coming from? Like I understand the rich businessmen, but what about the like all the regular poker pros, they don't have the type of bankroll to support that. I mean, maybe on a one-time basis, but not event after event. I couldn't believe all the people entering that uh, one-drop event this year for 100k. Right.
2: They- yeah, Faraz Faraz Jaka said something on Twitter yesterday. He was saying that most of the people that enter these 100k high rollers, because he's one of the ones that plays them, he said that you know it's not the way it looks. He said most guys have like. Ten percent of themselves, and somebody's putting up the other ninety k, or they it. it all up. But the thing is, who's putting that hundred k up? You know? Yeah. I mean,
0: I, it's it's crazy. I, I don't know where all the money's coming from. It's it's uh, unless you get it from a whole bunch of different people and spread it around. But that's that's the only way it would make sense. But for people to, if if you have certain people just putting that up, putting up the majority of those buy ins is crazy. Unless yeah. you just have money to burn. So. Uh, uh, actually someone is saying uh, in the chat room I believe China is correct in in uh, Danny Negrano's contract they have a lot of a lot of money invested in in Danny Negrano, so maybe, maybe so and maybe it's, it sounds like a crazy contract but maybe you're right they do they do make a lot of money there even after the black Friday they're still doing very very well over there
2: yeah hockey guy is usually um hockey guy is the one that said that and he's usually pretty spot on with um poker star stuff except for when it comes to their ex pros heights. That's
0: right So, Alright So I want to talk about uh, a little bit on Ultimate Poker This is an interesting story Not really about Ultimate Poker itself But uh, uh, Eric Ryland Who disappeared on me When he was supposed to be a co-host A few weeks ago But I've forgiven him for that But he he brings a lot of interesting insight here On uh, Ultimate Poker Which he plays on He's a very active player there. And he complains a lot about their bad software crashing and and all that, and uh, I agree with a lot of his complaints. But uh, he posted an interesting story about one of his opponents on uh, Ultimate Poker. Uh, Let me see if I can find this. I had opened the wrong thread for this. Now oh, here we are. So this this is what uh, he says. Ryland is saying that Ultimate Poker has a bug right now, to where sometimes what you type in another window will appear in the Ultimate Poker chat. Now we've all had that happen before, like a, a, a like PokerStars forces itself to the front when you have action, and then you're typing something to someone, and something comes through. I've even seen, seen people like accidentally type in porn addresses into the chat in PokerStars, which is they're trying to go to and don't realize the PokerStars window has popped up in the front. But but Ryland is saying that it's worse than that with Ultimate Poker, that what it actually does is sometimes it'll just somehow transfer what you're typing in the window that has focus over to Ultimate Poker. So uh, he claims this has happened before. He claims even his Skype conversations have sometimes ended up in the chat when he presses enter. Uh, so... There's a player named Neo Neo on Ultimate Poker who plays high stakes as much as 100-200 uh, no limit. And um, people have wondered who that is. Neo Neo is obviously the name of the main UB cheating account that was used by Russ Hamilton. Now, in Ultimate Poker, obviously Neo Neo is not Russ Hamilton, and it's just someone either making a joke or making reference to the UB scandal. Like... Uh, Almost like to make you feel uncomfortable that you're playing against a guy who's known to see hole cards. Just uh, Or maybe just a joke. Who knows the reason behind the name? But people wonder who is actually the person behind Neo Neo on Ultimate Poker. Who hadn't done anything wrong, by the way. But just people are wondering, who is it? Well, Ryland's playing with a guy and suddenly he sees pop up in the chat from Neo Neo, 1725 Glenview Drive. He just sees that a pop up in chat from Neo Neo, almost like it you know, like it bled through from another window, like like has happened to Ryland before.
2: He's seen it multiple times.
0: Yeah. So uh so he was so Ryland recognized the address and found that um that's actually the address that was uh once Russ Hamilton's house that um that Travis McCarr lived in as well, and that was eventually bought by Lawrence Vaughn, the COO of the South Point, which you remember also has a license to operate online poker in Nevada and just hasn't gotten a room up yet. They were said to be the first one, but then they didn't get it going, so. Supposed also, to be coming very soon. Yeah. So, is it possible that Lawrence Vaughn is Neo Neo? And, and, you know, he did buy the house from Russ Hamilton. It doesn't mean he's friends with Russ, because you know, anyone can... Uh, when you buy a house from someone, it doesn't mean they're your friend. But at the same time, it is kind of a coincidence that that house would be bought by uh, a po- another poker player, if this guy does play poker, this Lawrence Vaughn. And uh, if he really is close in any way with Russ Hamilton, or was and calls himself Neo Neo, that's pretty inappropriate. That's different than someone like me choosing a name like Neo-Neo, where I was clearly someone who was against all the cheating and didn't help any of it. Uh, yeah, if it's Someone who's been against the cheating the whole way, someone who's exposed it, someone, even a victim of it, even just someone on the side who just chooses the name as a joke. That's all fine. It's not fine if you were close to anyone who actually did it to choose a name like that. Then it becomes inappropriate. Then it becomes like it's an F.U. to the victims. Now, I theorize that it's possible... That this Neo Neo is typing that on purpose just to get a rise out of people. And in reality, is not the owner of 1725 Glenview. Ryland's theory is that maybe he was ordering a pizza, or ordering something else, or f- filling out other information online, and this bled through. So it could be either way. But, uh, and it is someone who plays very high stakes. It is a little hard to believe that someone playing that high, 100 200 no limit on there, would be bothering to troll the people watching by typing in this address to screw with people. Because most people seeing that are not going to recognize that address. It's not like it's going to jump out at people. So I don't know what to say. What what, what do you think, China?
2: This one could go either way. I've thought about the trolling angle where someone has Neo Neo, you know, they could just plaster it in there over and over again just to get, you know, some kind of big troll job going on here. And then, um, you know pointing it onto this guy uh, because it's like the the perfect fit. But, I mean, I've actually played on sites like this before where if you start – if you're typing in like – let's say you're typing in like the chat window here and then it comes your action on the screen, the typing will go onto your chat box on the poker software. And then if you hit enter – it will go I don't know if that's how it's how it works but it just seems too coincidental that this Ryland said that this guy's address has popped up more than once I mean I just wouldn't think while well, he's playing a big poker game like 100 200 or something like that he's gonna be typing his address in over and over so I mean part of me wants to lean towards a troll job
0: yeah i I think more likely it probably is a troll job because it come up came up a number of times, and and Ryland hasn't reported that we've seen anything else from this guy pop up. It's not like he was uh, typing in his name or, or or other things or typing in parts of emails. We're only seeing that address according to Ryland. We'll have to ask him again. But
2: uh, I, did did you see that this this guy came on two plus two and answered questions? Um, I don't know if he answered specifically whether he was Neo Neo or not. I, I think he de- denied it. But I, I'm not, I can't remember 100%. Oh, no, I didn't see that. Uh, yeah, he did He did enter. There's, there's a thread over there. Um, it's either the South Point is launching soon, or it's another thread that was started about the thread that Rylan put on PFA. But he did come in, and he answered some questions. Oh. So he seemed a little vague with some of the answering of the questions, but it, it kind of just went away. So um, huh. doesn't seem like... You know, there's nothing to really point the finger at the guy, like, too much. But it, I'm lean, definitely leaning towards a troll job just because I just don't see it. It, it. I mean, I actually play on a site right now where the same thing happens, where everything will go into the window. And some some stuff that I've typed has gone in there, and I just can't imagine the guy's address going in three times when he's playing stakes that high.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's – that's when I didn't realize it was multiple times. That really makes me start to think that uh... – That this is a troll job rather than uh, something legitimate. Otherwise, I think other things would come through rather than just that. But uh, so let let me uh, let me take a a break here before we move on to our next topic. This broadcast is brought to you by StatClash, which is a daily fantasy sports site. You can play fantasy sports legally for real money and get cashed out quickly. No shady payment processors. But uh, you can just go there, play fantasy sports. You don't have to commit to a whole season. You can just play uh, very short periods of time against other people for real money, win real money, cash out quickly. And it's a different experience than playing online poker where you have to wait sometimes five months to get your cash out. This is something that's legal and pays quickly. And this is a a company called Stack Clash. They are the official sponsor right now of this radio show and the entire site of PokerFraudAlert.com. So uh, we're going to pause for a message from them, and then we will continue with our program.
5: Introducing StatClash.com, the newest daily fantasy sports site on the web. StatClash has got the most sports online, including football, basketball, baseball, hockey, and even soccer. Playing StatClash is easy. Join a contest, then pick real-life players for your fantasy team. StatClash offers all the fun of traditional fantasy sports without the season-long commitment. With detailed player stats, head-to-head play, and real-time scoring, you'll always be on top of the action.
0: Play, win, and get paid Invite your friends or play against users from around the globe With free rolls, bonuses And so many sports to choose from Getting started is
2: easy
4: at StatClash.com
0: That's StatClash.com S-T-A-T-C-L-A-S-H And you know I, I said this two weeks ago when I first introduced them I've been approached by a lot of companies That want to advertise on this site And I've said no to all of them Except for one that was from one of our own users uh, last year, and, and the reason I did was because they seemed like they were shady. So when I allow a company to advertise here, and, and I'll admit I haven't done a major investigation on StatClash, but uh, from everything I saw of them, they look very legit, and um, you know, I wouldn't allow a, a company to advertise here that I didn't believe in, and that I didn't uh, wouldn't feel good about putting my own money on there. So uh, if you want to play Fantasy Sports Online for real money, if you think you might be good at that and might uh, have a chance of winning. Uh, go to Stat Clash. I know there's other ones out there, but uh, they're the one that supports this show and this site. And if you enjoy this radio show, and and you know, just, just keep in mind that I lose money every month running this site and this show. And uh, if you go to that site and play there instead of the competition, then you're supporting the ones who are supporting this show. That you enjoy. So that's, that's what I'd like to ask as the host of this show, and as the owner of this site, that uh, if you do want to play fantasy sports for real money, go to StatClash and, and play over there and let them know you came from Poker Fraud Alert. And it, it is 100% legal. 100% legal, there is uh, nothing illegal about it, either from the standpoint of running a fantasy sports site for real money or as a player. So no worry about yeah. that, and no worry about the yeah. DOJ seizing your money or crap like that.
2: Yeah, that's one thing that's great when they passed the UIGA. There, I think this specifically was put in that bill that said that fantasy sports would be was 100 uh, percent legit. Yeah, uh, which which is awesome. I mean, I I love it. I love the idea of it. And um, you know, yeah, if you like to do fantasy, that's the best part about it. It's daily, so you can go on there and play one. You know, play another one the next day. Just play when you feel like it. You don't have to follow through a whole season. And, and, and there's and, definitely a lot of money to be made in these. I mean, there's some some guys out there making six figures doing these. So you yeah, can find you know, some it's soft funny, action yeah. as well.
0: I haven't, uh, I haven't been playing it, but I've, I've really considered it. And the only reason I haven't been playing is because I haven't had time. But uh, I, I've really been considering going on the you know, stat clash and, and actually seeing how I do there, especially right. the fantasy baseball, which I do anyway for fun. But uh, right. in, in a league that really you can't make very much money, even if you win, because it's just, fun with my friends uh anyway uh if you have any questions for stat clash it's there's a thread called win real money legally online by playing fantasy sports through stat clash it's in the flying stupidity forum and there's an official stat clash representative there who will answer your questions and uh you also get a 50 percent deposit bonus for new members so that's that's great too so uh check out that thread and i appreciate anybody who supports our sponsors so, moving on to our agenda. Which I, I lost when I went to go look at the stacklash Clash thread. <laughs> Alright, we have it back up here. The Poker Players Alliance. I'm not going to talk too much more about them. Because this isn't a huge story, but... Uh, I found something interesting on 2 Plus 2. You know... The PPA actually has their own forum on 2 Plus 2, and in fact, uh, their vice president, Rich Muni, who appeared on this show, is a mod on 2 Plus 2. So it's not like they have no presence there. They have a big presence over there. And from what I had seen, most people, at least when they are being discussed, there's some vocal critics of theirs, including me, but there's a lot of people supporting them. That's nothing new. But what surprised me was that someone created a poll, a very simple poll on the news, views, and gossip section of 2plus2MVG, which is uh, the biggest section of 2plus2, about whether you view the PPA favorably or unfavorably. And I would have guessed before this poll was taken, that if that poll was posted, that the PPA would easily win a favorable opinion in that poll, given that it seems like people like them for the most part on 2plus2, which... Is why I was so surprised when, last I looked, 52 percent of the voters there, with about 360 votes cast, rated them unfavorable. In fact, I'm going to click it right now and take a look, right as we're broadcasting.
2: I bet you, if Full Tilt had paid U.S. players by now, it would be 80 percent favorable.
0: It might be, but right now it's been holding very constant at 52-48. Right now, it's 195 votes unfavorable, 177 favorable. Now, uh, I was surprised by this, as I said, because they really have a big presence on 2 Plus 2, and I'd seen a lot of people speaking in their favor. So the fact that they're actually under 50% favorable, I I think, speaks badly of the organization and shows that they really do need to look at themselves. And I've said this many times before, that this organization just does not ever do any self-examination. They're always convinced that everything they do is 100% right, and that any suggestions that are contrary to what they're doing are wrong. And, and sometimes, in fact, they act like you're insulting them if you dare disagree with what they're suggesting. Uh, but the thing that's bothered me the most about the PPA is that they're just not honest about what they are. And what they are is a lobbying organization that works on behalf of the existing online poker sites, primarily PokerStars, and at one time PokerStars in full tilt. In 2010, the last full year prior to Black Friday, over 99% of the PPA's funding came from online poker operators. I didn't know this when I debated Rich Muni on this show. I wish I did. That was would, would have been the strongest point I would have hammered him with. I didn't know this until shortly after the debate. But uh, regardless, you can't take 99% or more funding from one source and then claim to be a grassroots independent organization that answers to no one. You can't. They, if anyone sponsors you 99% or more to do lobbying, guess what? They own you. They may not own you personally. They own your organization. Now, I want to be clear here. I don't want, I'm don't i not saying that they're bribing Rich Muni. They're bribing John Pappas. They're bribing whoever else is on the board. I, I don't think these guys are being bribed. I don't think there's anything shady going on. I, that's not my feel. I don't know for sure, but that's not my feeling. I've never felt that these people involved with the PPA are shady or are scammers, or are somehow uh, skimming money from the organization. I don't believe that's what's happening. But what I do believe is happening is that they are kind of half-knowingly and half-unknowingly representing these online poker sites and their interests, feeling that it's pretty much their only choice. Because the money they're getting from the members is very, very little. Clearly, if if over 99% was coming from uh, the online poker sites. And they're like, look, we need money to operate. It's got to come from somewhere. So if it doesn't come from the players, it's got to come from the online poker sites. So if we take so much money from them, we can't act against them, or otherwise they won't give us money anymore. Now, PokerStars is a very, very smart company. Look how much money they're still making, even after Black Friday. It's amazing. They're a very smart and well-run company. Would they sink money into the PPA year after year after year if the PPA was acting against their interests, if the PPA could be hurting them? No. No no one, no one, business would ever give money to an organization that hurts them, or could hurt them, or would hurt them. It just wouldn't make any sense, especially for a company as smart as PokerStars. So the PPA loves to say that they represent the players, but that's just not true. You can't take 99% funding from a single industry and claim that single industry does not control you how do they control them because they know at the ppa if they do anything to piss off the ones funding them they won't get the funding next year it'll be over and right. then, and then they can't continue to exist they can't say well if if we don't get that money anymore we'll still exist next year on the uh, o point whatever percent we got from last year from the players they'll be best, basically busto it, it's like it's like if someone some guy is backing you to play poker you don't piss him off but it's even worse, because at least if you piss that guy off, maybe you can find others to back you. Here, they can't find anyone else to back them. If the, the, mm-hmm. it's, it's like if you're down to your last backer in the world, and you know for sure no one else will ever back you if this guy leaves, you're going to kiss this guy's ass to no end. And you're never going to piss him off. And that's basically what the PPA is doing. They, they they can claim all they want that they're representing the player's interests. And in some in some ways, they are, because in some ways, our interests... Coincide with the interests of poker stars I'm not saying we have opposite interests We don't Just like the tobacco industry And smokers have some common interests as well The tobacco industry doesn't want to see Your cigarettes taxed And you don't either But that doesn't mean that they That the lobbyists for the tobacco industry Have You as a smoker in mind When they're lobbying They don't They they just want to make money from you They're not looking to represent you and that's what's going on with poker stars. They want to make money from you They don't really care about you or your interests Only the ones that coincide with their interests So it, it's just absolutely ludicrous to me That a lobbying group could get 99% funding From one source And claim that they're a grassroots organization A grassroots organization is an organization of, of you know, That's, that's uh, it, It's the contributions come from a lot of different sources, where they don't have to answer to any one big party. To where it's a, it, it's kind of like the people, the people are funding it. Yeah. And you, don't, you don't have more, to.
2: More or less, they're you know they seems like they're working for the poker sites, and if it happens to benefit the players, then it'll benefit the players. But if they had a had to make a decision on something or go one way or the other, and it was gonna you know, hurt the players but help the poker sites, you'd have to think they'd go they'd go that way.
0: This is weird. We just lost a lot of people in the chat room. Like, like a million people got kicked out at once. Wow. <laughs> Even you got kicked out.
2: Yeah, I can see that.
0: So, um, anyway, no matter what they claim... No matter what they say that they're doing that uh, doesn't necessarily help poker stars or that they're their own people and nobody tells them what to say or do, if they know that poker stars won't give them money next year if they act against poker stars, they won't act against poker stars. You won't find a single lobbyist that will act against the interests of a company or an industry that funds them 99%. You won't find that anywhere, ever. So that's just it. Just completely goes against the entire concept of lobbying to, to say that. So that's it's a joke, and that's my biggest problem is that they're just not honest. If they if they were to come out and say, look, we have to get funding somewhere. The only ones who can give us the funding we need is the online poker site. So sorry, that's that's who our, that's who we have to represent. But the good news is that a lot of your interests coincide with their interests. So it's still a good thing for you guys. So please still support us. I would respect that so much more than, hey players, we're working for you. No, you're not. And uh, you know people criticize that Fair Play USA as being an astroturfing organization, which is known as a a, a lobbying group that uh, pretends to be grassroots but isn't. Uh, and Fair Play USA was was a fake grassroots organization, also advocating legalization of online poker on behalf of the casinos. But, so is the PPA. Just uh, They're representing the online sites instead of the uh, major casinos. So, I-, I just wish they were honest about it. Uh, that- that's my biggest problem with them right now. And, uh, I-, I think the current unfavorable poll they're getting on 2 plus 2 is a message to them that they should probably, they're, they're really not representing poker players as a whole, and people are getting frustrated with it. And, maybe it's reflected also by the fact that Full Tilt's taken a long time to pay, which uh, the PPA really has no power in that one. Um, th- I don't blame them for that. I don't. I also sure. didn't even blame them for having Chris Ferguson and Howard Lederer on the board. A lot of people are bitching about that. Oh, how could you have had Chris and Howard? Those thieves. Well, we didn't know they were thieves then. I. I don't blame them for having them on the board. That was actually a symptom of a larger problem. The fact that Chris and Howard were on the board. The problem was that was that. Full tilt pretty much owned the PPA, as did Poker Stars. That was the problem. Not that they happened to have two criminals on the board who we didn't realize were criminals at the time. So uh, I don't blame them for those two particular individuals being on the board when nobody knew what they were really doing. I just blame them for being so controlled by the poker sites that, you know, and that's why those two were on the board. So anyway, Mm -hmm. um, moving on here. Um, there's a new poker show in development called Poker Night in America. And, uh, you know, every new poker show that comes out, they claim it's going to be something revolutionary, and it rarely is. I I don't know the last time I saw anything revolutionary in online poker. The real revolutionary thing, not online, in in televised poker, the last real revolutionary thing I saw in televised poker was, uh cash games, like the high stakes cash games when when that showed up. At first it was all tournaments. The very first revolutionary thing we saw was the whole card cams. That really changed everything. Semi-revolutionary was was showing cash games. After that it was all pretty much the same thing. They all had a different twist, but they were all the same thing. (laughs) And they got overplayed and people got bored of them. And, uh oh. The forum's not loading for me. I think we may have another site crash.
2: Um,
0: it's loading yeah, for you.
2: Not, not loading for me either.
0: Damn it. I wonder if people can hear me. I wonder if people can even hear this show. It shows it's still broadcasting. Wow. Why are we having these problems today? For those of you that uh, weren't here at the beginning, the show started late, not because I was late this time, but because the server was crashed, or at least the forum was crashed. And it came up by itself. I see the servers up right now, but uh, the forums definitely having problems. It cannot be reached. I think I think the server itself's just having problems right now. So, yeah, the chat uh, room's not working. The chat room's everything's dead except uh, apparently this, <laughs> this this radio show still running, uh, still going strong. We're still broadcasting. So uh, if you're Trying to frantically reload the chat room. Don't worry, there's no action there at the moment. Nobody can chat, not even me. And I, I can't read the forum, either. I don't know what Is the only way
2: you can listen through the forum to the radio show?
0: Um, no, you you can actually listen through the radio page. Oh, you're saying through the radio page? Uh, well, there's no point for me to tell people how to listen, because they, they're either listening or they're not
2: no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, could somebody still? Could they still be hearing us? Some people. Yeah, like... you know,
0: they're, yeah, they're still hearing us. Yeah, there's still people okay. out there. Pretty sure there is. So, I apologize to anyone who's lost the. Uh, you know what? i I'm, I'm going to test this. I, I apologize to anyone listening in the archives. But what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm actually going to see if I can listen to our own show through my phone. So here we go. Oh, I just got a message. message. I got a message, too. Okay. So people people are listening. Okay. So I I don't know what the problem is tonight. It was so weird because the forum went down. Then it went back up without any intervention on my part. And now it's down again. I'm glad the radio's still up, but it kind of annoys me that anyone who comes around and wants to listen now uh, probably won't be able to access it. But people already listening or who know the direct address to listen to the MP3... Uh, Or the M3U, actually the file that's that's broadcasting uh, They can still listen So Apologize for that, I have no idea why this is happening I think it actually may be a problem on the end of the uh, Shared hosting server that I'm using Because I don't own the server Poker Fraud Alert is operating from It's actually uh, through a shared hosting plan Run by another company And uh, it's only as good as the service they provide Which is usually pretty good, but today it, it is not so I'm going to try to reboot the whole thing later after the show, see if that helps it. But I don't want to do it now, or it'll kick all the radio listeners off. So I will just have to continue this show without the benefit of a forum right now, or a chat room. But if you want to call in, you you can at 775 uh, Fraud 55 or 702-430-1808, the Mount Charleston phone that is, believe it or not, doing better than my forum right now.
2: Yeah, something weird just popped into my head, Druff. I gotta, uh, I gotta tell you this. You know we were talking earlier about Ryland and um, seeing that guy post that stuff in the chat. Yeah. Well, actually, I was playing in a game with you once um, on a site after Black Friday. I didn't know it was you. I don't think you knew it was me either. And I actually typed, I typed something. It, I typed in like a a password. I was trying to type a password on a su- on a different site, and it went into the chat. And you said to me, "You were like, what does that mean?" You know, I was just like, "Oh man, I hope, I hope <laughs> nobody picks up what this password is." And then, um, you know, the conversation just dropped from there. But it's just like, uh, I don't know why that just. I've had that into happened my before. Mind.
0: I've, I've entered passwords before into the chat, and then I had to like frantically go on to wherever I'm using that password and change it.
2: Right. Yeah, that's what happened. I didn't know it was you at the time, but you're like. You, you asked me, you're like, w- 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 what does that mean? Like, what are you trying to say here? <laughs> um, I, know, just, I don't know if I – I don't remember if I tried to cover it up or whatever. Yeah, but, I, um, I
0: remember I covered it up once by saying uh, – like, 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 I continued to bang on the keyboard, and then I typed, stupid cat. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, and then it's kind of funny because about a month later, I found out that that was you, and I think one way or the other. I think I figured out it was you, and then – um, I brought it up. I'm like, are you so-and-so? And you're like, yeah. And I was like, oh. It's like, uh, okay. But it was just kind of weird because you were the one that responded in the chat. Like, what did you just type?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's the shared hosting having a problem because I can't access ToddWatellis.com. Thank you again to C-Money for getting that back to me. Or or uh, PokerFraudAlert.net. I, I can't access some of these like affiliated sites that are run off the same server that have nothing to do with the forum. so I, I think it's got to be a shared hosting issue. we will just have to plow through it. I hope it just comes back up. Um, I want to talk about the uh, poker player Masa Kagawa. Who maybe was he's crashing the yeah, server. Yeah, maybe he's doing this so I can't talk about him, or at least people can't hear it as much. <laughs> uh, he definitely has the technical know-how. Uh, he's arrested as part of an Android malware ring. In Japan. Uh, I don't understand the story fully, but uh, what's said is that he had a company that developed malware that would install itself somehow on people's Android phones, steal their email addresses, and then they would use these emails to spam people about a dating site that was actually a fake dating site that would scam people. Now, he was arrested for this. And I, I guess there must be some truth to these accusations or they wouldn't have arrested him. But what doesn't make sense to me is shouldn't there be an easier way to collect email addresses to spam people with and install malware on their phones? Like, can't you just go buy giant lists of emails where you're not committing major crimes by installing malware on Android phones? It just seems like a lot of effort for something that could be bought you know, inexpensively compared to the crime you're committing. And second... Why run a fake dating site? Why not just run a real dating site? Like, Why, why run a scam dating site? I could, I could see if he were charged with uh, installing malware to spam people to join his dating site, but it wasn't that. It was to join a scam dating site. I don't even know how he scammed people with a dating site. Did he like uh, make promises about who, who you'd meet on there and you wouldn't really meet them? Like, Was it one of these things where they'd show pictures of all these hot girls that weren't really members there? Yeah, I think
2: a lot of these, some of these, anyways, are um, are like they're like spam bots almost, where they'll be like, "Oh, hey, how you doing?" You know what I mean? You're really not talking to anybody. Yeah, it's just like pictures of hot girls. Um, I think one that was popular for that, like back in the early 2000s, was Adult Friend Finder. Oh yeah, I yeah,
0: I got, I got. Um, it's so funny that site too. I actually, I was with a girl in the 90s the mid to late nineties who um, befriended the people behind adult friend finder before adult friend finder really existed before it was like originally just friend finder, I think. And and then it, it became adult friend finder, which became much more lucrative, something like that. But anyway, adult friend finder. I was shocked when I heard anyone actually met any girls off that site because the male to female ratio there was just out of control. Like there's so many more men, and they, you'd expect that because if you think about it, um, a site that's dedicated to just like hooking up for sex, who's going to use it? It's going to be almost all dudes. There's very few women who just want to. Even sluts are, don't act like this. They don't just like say, "Hey, um, I'm horny. I want to just find a random guy to fuck tonight." That's not how it works. That's not. How, that's not right. A few girls act that way, but very few of them do. Even yeah, the most girls, gr- easy. girls can
2: just go out to a bar anytime they want, yeah, you know, or, or whatever.
0: And, and I've always said, even the sluts want to believe they're not sluts. They want to act like they're not, even when they are. So they they're not going to just go on a site and say, "Hey, you know, which guy wants to fuck me tonight?" That that's like what a guy would do. And so so it's the guys that are, come on these sites and are just looking for a hookup, just looking for a girl to say, "Hey, come over and fuck me right now," and then the guy will do it. So the male-to-female ratio on there was just huge. And that's why anyone who ever reported success on that site I thought was either lying or just got, like, really, really lucky or somehow had some really great game online that uh, (laughs) I don't understand. But um, I I saw all types of uh, bullshit ads from them showing these, like, really hot chicks and saying, you know, if she wants to meet you tonight in, like, whatever city I'm in, it, like, looks at my IP and sees where I am and says, like, girls online tonight in whatever city... And it shows these really hot girls and, and, and fake profiles, and if I join I can t- supposedly talk to them, but, but no matter where I am, it would show those same girls. I could be like 3,000 miles away, it would say uh, you know, these girls want to talk to you tonight in, th- in this city. So right. these, these girls weren't even on the site. So, I don't know if this guy ran a site like that or if it was just like a complete scam where just were, you're really meeting no one. or Or if you're just giving your money and he's taking it and, and providing nothing. But I, I I would think, at the very least, like why not just spam people and let them join a dating site that is kind of marketed like in a shady way, but where you're not technically breaking the law? Like saying, you know, uh, join whatever dating site, meet a bunch of hot girls who want to have sex tonight, but then don't don't put a bunch of fake girls or don't put fake profiles. Just let people get there and be disappointed. Like that's technically not illegal. It's scummy, but it's not illegal. So right. I don't understand the whole thing. I don't even understand in what way his dating site was a scam. But apparently this is what he did, according to the the Japanese police. And I've seen, I think I've seen this guy before. I saw his picture and I said, you know what? I, I could have sworn I've played with this guy before at some tournaments or something. I mean, yeah, there, there's a number of older Asian men with that general look. So it's possible I'm getting confused here. But,
2: I think he was on high stakes poker. Somebody said, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah,
0: but I hardly watched that, so I probably wasn't there where okay. I saw him. I really felt like it's someone I've played with before, like in a tournament. Very possible. He 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 does have a
2: couple of caches, I think, at the World Series. Yeah, so. he has
0: played at the World Series. Yeah, I thought so. Maybe I got him at a World Series table. Uh, but uh, anyway, he's been arrested. So nothing related to poker, but uh,
2: I, I mean, just stealing the email addresses, just you know, and putting malware on people's phones. I mean. That's enough to get them bagged right there, but I'm yeah. sure they did a more thorough investigation and just got to the bottom of things.
0: I just don't understand that part either. Like, it just seems like a lot of effort and a lot of crimes you're committing just to get an email list that you can get from a lot of places for not that much money.
2: Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, you, I'm sure you can get a list. Uh, I mean, that uh, the Ultimate Bet email list. Some people got a hold of that, and yeah,
0: even I have a hold of it. I, I, I could, if I wanted to, I could spam everyone who was on that giant Ultimate Bet player database. With with this site, I wouldn't do it. I've never abused that or sold that list or anything. I've I've kept it to myself. But uh, Mm -hmm. I could. (laughs) I have the. the, I have the emails.
2: That's the thing, though. I mean, to get a list, I mean, it's just it's very lucrative. Maybe he was targeting a specific market where you know he thought he could. You know.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. It would be more interesting if he was actually using the malware to identify people who were typing things on their phone that would indicate that they would be a good target for this. Like, it's looking for some guy typing, like, boy, I wish I could get laid tonight. And then suddenly, uh, you know, it right. gets an email, meet hot girls in your, area, in your prefecture tonight.
2: Yeah, <laughs> this is actually the first case of, like, cell phone malware that I've ever heard of. Yeah, I hadn't I mean, heard of one either. Yeah, this is the first case. I mean, you got to imagine, like, down the line, that there's going to be people like, just hacking like crazy into some of these phones especially like iphones you know because they're so popular now i mean you just wouldn't be surprised if you saw something uh run pretty rampant in the next five years even you know i mean it's just one thing that really hasn't been targeted it seems by hackers and when they do you know they'll find a way to do something i mean this guy did so we'll see
0: you know i sometimes feel like uh I was unlucky in parts of the World Series. But uh, this guy, I just saw this tweet on uh, Twitter. I don't even know this guy, but it was retweeted by someone else who uh, I do follow. Hans Winsler, who's known as Miami Hans, Miami H-A-N-S, maybe Hans, I don't know how you pronounce his name. He just won uh, a tournament... uh, he says the Isle Main, I don't know if it's on the Isle of Man or something, for 161k he just won. But he wrote, after going 0 for 38 at the World Series, finally ended the cashing drought and won the Isle Main for 161k. Now, I don't know if he really went 0 for 38, but if that's true, that's that's amazing.
2: Yeah, that's... A, <laughs>
0: that's some it's almost other. hard to do that. It is hard to do that, unless you're really <laughs> awful. I mean, if you're, if you're like a semi-competent player, to go 38 straight events and not cash, wow. Especially- you could almost, you could
2: probably go all in every hand for thirty-eight hands a thirty-eight tournaments in a row, and one of them you're going to get lucky and run up a huge stack and just get fortunate enough to cash or get enough chips to get that far. I mean, to go over thirty-eight, that's just, uh, you know, that, that's pretty crazy.
0: Well, especially I don't know what events he's playing, but the no, those big field no-limit events. The truth right. is, you don't even have to get that lucky in those to cash. Uh, now, if you play really recklessly, you do, but. Like, the the Millionaire Maker that I cashed in, I I, I won, like, one decent hand the whole time, which is Aces against Ace-King, which, ironically, was the hand that tortured me in the main event. But, uh... You you don't have to, like, really run it up big to cash in one of those. You could pretty much just win a few key pots, not lose any coolers or beats, and then just survive. And when I say survive, I don't mean play, like, a super, super tight game to just fold into a min cash. I mean just, like... Just play a normal game not get involved in anything where you you lose a big pot but then you don't have to really win very many big pots and you still cash and, yeah, and pe-
2: people drop like flies in those yeah they uh, totally they- do
0: so that's why I don't understand so uh, oh, someone just I, I just got a tweet I'm getting tweets from people who are trying to talk to me that would otherwise use the chat room uh, this is from PLOL. Isle Main means the main event at Isle of Pompano in Florida. It was a $2500 buy-in event. Well okay, good to know. So uh, Hans uh, Winsler who won that hand or won that event for 161k. That's a good follow-up to going over 38 that World Series but boy that imagine how frustrated you'd be playing the World Series in 38 events and breaking all 38 of them.
3: Wow
2: yeah
0: well I, I would just be tearing my hair out.
2: Yeah, be pretty crazy. I mean, that's, that's a lot of events. I mean, how many... This is What, 55 events or something? So yeah, he must have he, played...
0: You no, know, there was 60... 62, but yeah, he must have just been playing like a madman. Like, like he busted a 12 event, entering a 5 event. That, that had to be part of what caused it, if he's serious about this 38 events he played. That he must have just played like a madman and just played over and over and over and it probably wasn't fresh for these events. And that probably contributed as well. Yeah. So, uh... Let's see if I can. Is my forum gonna work during the show at any point? No. It's not
2: working now. No, it's
0: dead. Dead as a freaking doornail. Uh, I, might, I might have
2: to uh, relaunch Venom Poker and just put the chat room up just in <laughs> case we run into this problem again. <laughs> we could just go, just go right and just use the chat room.
0: Crazy. I mean, I uh, I don't know what the problem. Is. It looks at first glance the whole server looks okay, but there's got to be a problem on the end of the uh, the host. So. Uh, I'm going to have, if you don't mind, people, I'm going to have to uh, load up a sound clip I was going to play that I had on the forum, but obviously can't access. And that is about the star of an upcoming CNBC reality show being a scammer. This is a show called Money Talks. And um, I really wish I had my own story in front of me, but of course I don't because I can't access my freaking forum. Uh, but uh, there's a guy named St- who calls himself Steve Stevens. Here we are I found it. Here's a promotion for his uh, sports site called VIP Sports Las Vegas which is a tout site. A tout site is uh, a site or a tout service shall I say it's not just a site. It's a service where they give you sports betting picks for a fee. They're not bookies. You're not betting with them, but they're giving you their picks and you're paying for their picks. And they're supposedly winning sports bettors to where it's supposedly worth it because they they pick sports better than you do. But a lot of these are scams, or at least semi-scams. Well, this is one called VIP Sports Las Vegas, owned by a guy who claims to be named Steve Stevens. And he's going to be featured on a CNBC reality series in September entitled Money Talks. So here is a promotion for VIP Sports Las Vegas that was made seven months ago by the supposed person named Steve Stevens.
5: I'm no different than a stockbroker. I'm selling tips. I'm selling information. When you buy a stock tip, what do you buy if you put stock on the motherfucking LA Lakers, you know the five players that you got stock on. You can watch the motherfucking game that night and get paid right at the motherfucking cage. Why the fuck would you play the stock market?
0: This guy kind of sounds like the uh, the opening of uh, the Phil Collins song "In the Air Tonight."
5: <laughs> this is a game that's going to flat out get the money. You're up thousands of dollars. Don't you think there's a time where you deserve to fucking shine for a change? You know what page I'm on? I'm on the money page. What page are you on? We, we sell games. We get- I'm on the money page.
0: <laughs> this is what you're supposed to watch and want to use his service, by the way. This is not the, this is not the promo for the show.
5: Give accurate information. He'll you know, hit around 70, 69 fucking
0: percent. So he's hitting 70 or 69 fucking percent of his sports betting picks. And then they put on the screen. You can't hear this, but it says on the screen 71.5 percent to be exact. He's claiming he hit 71.5 percent of his picks. Now, crazy. this guy obviously didn't do his research. as Or maybe he didn't, just thinks he's trying to attract idiots. Uh, but no sports betters hit 71.5 percent. Of their picks for any length of time Uh, A study was done On NFL picks And the study said That if you made 1,000 NFL picks Against the spread Where basically if you're If you know nothing about the NFL and you're just picking at random Or flipping coins you're going to obviously win 50% Over time To win 70% of them Instead of 50% which you can do by Which a monkey could literally do To win 70%, which doesn't sound like it's that much harder, over 1,000 picks, would be one in one trillion. You'd have to make 1,000 picks a trillion times to come up with 70% out of 1,000 picks. That's how hard it is.
2: Yeah, except for C-Money's wormhole. That, that that would probably be able to do it over a 1,000 picks.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right. He, he was like 18 for 19, so yeah, may, maybe the wormhole could uh, make an exception here. Maybe they are. Maybe the wormhole is uh, one in a trillion. Uh, I, I felt like I disappointed the wormhole because the wormhole said that uh, 100K would be won by someone trying to maniac staked in the main. Or uh, not in the main. Someone that he staked, and I was one of them because he bought large pieces of me in the World Series, not the main. And, um, so then I got all deep in the 5k Limit Hold'em, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be it I'm gonna win over 100k here And then I won 53, and I'm like I'm like, well, okay, well I'm more than halfway there, and I already got 3k from an earlier event So now I just need to cash Fairly big in another, I thought maybe the main I'll win something like, you know, 50k and I'll do it And then I got deep in the main, and I think, oh, wow The wormhole's right And I disappointed the damn wormhole, I couldn't get it done Let me continue playing this, though
5: Year in, year out that's fucking, if you know anything about gambling, that's fucking unreal. We're going 3-0 and today. <laughs> you need to understand, man. I'm a human being just like you. Where I come from, man, you don't play with
0: people's money. He was talking to a phone there, like on a speakerphone, as if he's talking to someone there.
5: I mean, let me ask you a question. Have I ever lied or cheated you?
0: Well, you may not have lied or cheated the person on the phone, but definitely other people. Steve Stevens. Well, I'll get to this at the end, of who he really is and what he's done.
5: Success drives me. No one out there got more talent than I do. I give a fuck big time. I take pride in I'm absolutely fucking trying to make a money, nonstop. If they don't get paid, I don't get fucking paid. If Michael Jordan called you and was willing to help you shoot a jump shot, would you let him? Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm the Michael
0: Jordan of this business. Let me do my job, please. <laughs> so, this guy claims to be the Michael Jordan of the business, of the sports betting business in Las Vegas. And, in fact, it's called VIPSportsLasVegas.com. Unfortunately, none of the big names in sports betting in Las Vegas have heard of him. Nobody. Uh, including Haralabov uh, Vulgaris, who said, no, I don't know who this guy is. No clue. This guy seems like a scammer to me. The 70% thing is ludicrous. Uh, Those weren't exact words, but that's basically what Harlow said. And businessinsider.com decided to look into it, and today released an article. Steve Stevens, the star of an upcoming CNBC reality show called Money Talks, is being called a fraud and ex-convict by some of the most prominent people in sports betting world today. Stevens has a business where he sells sports betting picks called VIP Sports Las Vegas. The CNBC press release for the show calls him a well-known handicapper, and a promo video on his company's website claims he has a winning percentage of 71.5%. The show is a docu-soap, and it's set to air September 10th. But apparently no one in Vegas has heard of Stevens, and his 70% winning percentage is considered impossible. Even more, even worse, a damning report from Wager Minds lays out evidence alleging that his name is actually Darren Notaro, and he has been arrested multiple times for telemarketing fraud. Tard Furman, a former odds maker at Caesars Palace, wrote in a blog post yesterday, no one, and I mean no one in the sports betting community I, I speak with daily knows who this guy is. This guy just appeared and claims he's a the Michael Jordan of sports betting, but no one knows who he is.
2: That's how a lot of these touts are. Yeah. They just scam, you know.
0: Bob Volgaris, a popular, sharp NBA bettor, said on Twitter last night that he'd never heard of Stevens either, calling him a complete scam artist for the 70% claim. Uh, Wager Minds, a sports betting website that is focused on transparency in the industry, also said they've never heard of him in their article. The 70% claim was a red flag for a lot of sports betting folks. Volgaris, whom Nate Silver called the best sports bettor in the world, also wins about, oh, or only wins about 57% of his NBA bets. So the best in the world, Haralabob right. here, only wins 57% of the time, and this guy is saying he wins 71.5%. So um, let me uh, so, so then let me tell you about Mr. Notaro here, who's clearly the same guy as Steve Stevens. They posted a picture of uh, Darren Notaro, and it's, it looks identical like to Steve Stevens from the video. In 1999, he was sentenced to prison, a year in prison, a scheme that bilked elderly citizens across the nation. Out of at least $234,000. This was in the Las Vegas Sun. There was an article about that. Uh, about uh, this Darren Notaro. Who was only 25 at the time. Bilking uh, elderly citizens across the nation for $234,000. Now. Perhaps CNBC was not aware of this. Maybe they didn't know that he scammed the elderly Back in 99 Perhaps they didn't know Steve Stevens was really Darren Notaro But they did A CNBC spokesman said they are aware of They are aware of the 1999 conviction Here's the full statement We are aware of Steve Stevens' 1999 conviction And while we are very clear in the press release That VIP sports clients risk big dollars In the hopes that Stevens and his agents Have the expertise to consistently deliver winners Viewers should tune in on September 10th At 10pm ET ...to draw their own conclusions about VIP sports. We are merely betting that viewers will be interested in the world of touts and handicappers... ...and in no way endorse Steven's picks or his business model. So what they're trying to say is, hey, we're just showing this guy. It's up to you to decide whether he's legit. But that's BS here. They, unless they present him clearly... ...as... You know, if, ...unless they present his background clearly as the show begins that this Steve Stevens was convicted in 99 for defrauding the elderly, that he's been convicted multiple times of telemarketing fraud, that nobody knows who he is in the sports betting world, but he claims he's a tout and we're going to follow his company from here. Fine. They're, at least they're being upfront on CNBC about it. I, I don't know the way they're going to present him, but I doubt that's the way they're going to do it. I, I think that they believed that they were putting on just an average tout, who in many cases are kind of scamming anyway. A lot of these t- most of these touts are not what they claim to be, but usually not to this degree.
2: And yeah, there's ex- this, this one guy, there's this guy in Florida, his name's Adam Adam Meyer or something, Adam Wins. He has all kinds of commercials on the radio around here. And um I actually just heard there was this one guy, you know how you get these uh, these guys that are agents that like scam the uh like like NBA players and NFL players with investments and all that stuff. Yeah. Well some guy some guy scammed a bunch of NFL and NBA players for like a hundred million and he actually paid one of these tout services like about ten million dollars for wow. picks over over like a few years or something and um it was this guy, Adam Meyer, that he actually paid, and that guy agreed in court that he would give that money back to, you know, because all the money was basically all fraud and stolen. But um, it just shows you, like, that CNBC or whoever it was that's putting this on, I mean, they're basically
0: promoting a scammer. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And he, and even if they show him in, in kind of a negative light, like, you know, like, like when Gordon Ramsay does his. Uh... His shows, and he shows when he goes to these restaurants that are a complete mess, and they, they you know, they think they're going to go on TV and get business, and, and be, and uh, you know, he's just going to help them out, and then they, they they're made to look ridiculous. Uh, even if that's what CNBC is doing to him here, if they don't present the truth of his background—that he's a scammer and that nobody in Vegas knows who he is—and that the seventy percent is is impossible, then then they are misportraying him in a positive fashion, positive right. for him, that is, not for the people watching. So that's, that's really wrong, and I hope that's not what they're doing. It looks like they're going to go forward with this, but I hope it's not portrayed that he is... Uh, that I hope they don't omit this information. They have time now, between now and September 10th, to edit this stuff in, even if they didn't know before. And uh, they owe it to the people watching to say what he really is, but I'm afraid they won't, because I'm afraid if it's presented at the beginning that he's definitely a scammer, and that nobody knows who he is, and that he's not... Uh, you know, he, he's just making all this up to cheat people. No one's going to want to watch. It's it's not as exciting to watch that, right? Than it is to watch a guy who's swearing up and down. He's the Michael right. Jordan of sports betting, and you think, oh, maybe he really is. Maybe this guy really knows what he's doing. Let's see, let's see how his clients end up doing. That's interesting. It's not interesting to watch a scammer scam people. I mean, I, I guess sort of. But I don't think that's what they're going for here. So uh, I hope CNBC does the responsible thing. But I have a feeling they won't. But there's a lot of time between now and September 10th, so maybe things will change before then. And I, I hope they do. And I, I just wanted to mention that on this show because on this show we don't just talk about poker fraud. We talk about any kind of fraud or any kind of interesting gambling story since uh, the world's kind of cross over to one another.
2: Yeah, the, There's only a, one other way he's hitting 70%. And that's if um, he has Michael Esposito working for him, um, <laughs> getting those pics out there in Vegas.
0: Mike Esposito. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we need to show like a current affair here to expose people like this. That's what we need. I just had to find an excuse to play that. That's been one of my favorite sound effects of all time. And I just, I just thought of it again to bring out on the show. <laughs> it, was, it was on an episode a few weeks ago. You know what I thought of is when I was playing seriously serious's bluff interviews, and it had—I'm sure this wasn't intentional—but it had some uh, music at the beginning that sounded a lot like... <laughs> it's like. It's a great. You know, I I used to do prank calls involving that sound effect. Maybe I'll, I'll resurrect it. It wouldn't work because it's too old. No one knows what it sounds like anymore. But I used to do prank calls when I was younger, and claimed to be from a radio station. And offer people hundred dollars if they could successfully imitate the sound of with their voice, and people would try. And I would love to call people at work and make them like do this in front of their coworkers.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and the people I would choose to victimize with it—they wouldn't actually be my choice. People would like like friends of mine or girls I would be dating would ask me to do this to people they knew. So they would have me like call up their sister or their, their friend or whatever and then screw with them in this way. And I usually pretended to be from like, K-Earth 101 in Los Angeles. And people fell for it, though. They, it, it was so funny hearing people trying to imitate... <laughs> and everyone knew that sound effect at the time. Now, now you have to be a little bit older to know that. And you have to be uh, even more in tune with the obscure to know this sound effect. <laughs> But I know all of our listeners do Let's see, is, is my forum back up? No So sad Okay um, There's a, a new poker show I, We were talking about this before But then I noticed the forum was down And I couldn't uh, load anything about it Called uh, Poker Night in America and Let me bring up the article about that That I was going to read from my own site it's uh Nolan Dalla is now behind it as well though he's not the creator of it the uh, creator is another Todd Todd Anderson who's the co-founder of the Heartland Poker Tour which is a successful poker tour so they're they're thinking hey maybe this guy knows what he's doing there's been so many failed poker tours out there uh, the epic poker league being the biggest one but uh this guy Todd Anderson co-founded the Heartland Poker Tour which is very successful and um his company, Rush Street Productions, is now creating a program called Poker Night in America, which they call a one of a kind TV poker experience that will emphasize fun, variety, entertainment, and interesting storytelling. So, this is what they claim it is um, Poker Night in America will debut on American television sometime in early 2014. My goal is to make it very different from any other poker show. Ironically, to do this new show, will focus less on poker and more on the interesting storylines and characters in the world of poker and gambling. I've been involved in TV and poker for the past eight years, and if there's one thing I'm sure of, it's the business is chock full of fascinating people and stories. Besides a TV show, Poker Night in America will also be a traveling tour. There will be events across the country that anyone can play and get a chance to be on TV. If all goes as planned, each of these events will showcase celebrity appearances as well as some of the most recognizable poker players in the world. In a, in a word, I want Poker Night in America to be fun. Fun events, fun TV. That's not really a word, but uh, I don't see what's really new here. They, they always had profiles of the poker players on ESPN and other shows that would be at the final table or whatever. Uh, so they're claiming they're going to focus more on the storylines and I think it's going to irritate people if you see like three quarters of the show on the storylines behind the people at the final table and a quarter of it actually the play at the final table I think it's going to bother people right and and um, other than that but I don't really see what else is really new here I mean celebrities and we've seen celebrities on poker shows that I actually found it kind of brutal to watch because most of them were terrible um, yeah,
2: like, in on the World Series of Poker, I mean, you know, they, they've done all this. Yeah. Like the, uh, showing, like, Eric Lindgren with his prop bets, uh, golfing, and, you know, all the stupid things that they do. Uh, so I don't know exactly what kind of angle they're going to work, but, I yeah. mean, the only thing I think that really works good on TV is, the, like, the high-stakes poker cash games. Those are, like... Those, those are fun to watch for me
0: yeah they get people um, excited because of the big money involved like you watch this and go oh my God I can't believe he's bluffing two hundred thousand dollars that's what my house is worth like that's what right. the average person thinks when they're watching this and that's that's that can be fun for the public to watch uh, this is a tournament this has been done for ten years on TV it's, it's it's something that's going down in popularity and has been for a long time not going up and if you notice from this statement there is no network that has agreed to air it. It's just, uh, it'll debut on American television sometime in 2014. It reminds me of, I remember this, this is one guy I knew who was creating a fail syndicated radio show. And I knew it was going to be a fail show. And he put on his website, coming to great stations around America. But he didn't say which great stations. It was just coming to great stations around America. Well, it ended up on one not-so-great station with a very weak signal. Uh, around America. They got on one crappy station, that was it, and it lasted about a month. So, uh, when he says it will debut on American television, and that's it, that means they don't even have anyone carrying it, and it makes me think that if no one will pick this up, which is a good chance is what's going to happen, they're going to have to buy spots for it, which is very, very expensive, and those usually can't support themselves, and I think this whole thing is going to fail. That's my...
2: If they hire Annie Duke, they could probably sell all those spots easily.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe they should, I bet she's available now. They can hire her and uh, Jeffrey Pollock to come back to work. Yeah. So, um, they did bring on World Series of Poker media director Nolan Dalla, who has a blog that a lot of people like. Nolan Dalla, a scam victim of Peter Falcone in 2006, but for some reason only wrote about it in 2013. Could have saved a lot of us a lot of trouble. He wrote about it in 2006. Um, but uh, Nolan Dallas said, I'm very happy to announce, or sorry, that it was announced by Anderson. I'm very happy to n- announce that Nolan is joining us at Poker Night in America. After all these years, I finally get to work with this man that I so deeply respect. I'm honored that he's taking the plunge. As I've told him many times, this is no sure thing. It's a very ambitious project, and it's going to be damn hard to get this off the ground. Well, at least he admits that. And, uh, and then Nolan wrote on his own blog, uh, Right now my priority is to create a television show like nothing that has done, been done before. Well, then they need to change the concept. Uh, this is the first hand of a new poker game, and I'm moving all in. That's pretty bad. I'm leaving the World Series of Poker circuits after nine se- full seasons. However, I will continue to serve as media director for the World Series of Poker and World Series of Poker Europe for what I hope will be many more years to come. So I hope Nolan's not giving up too many opportunities to do this, because this this has fail written all over it. This may have worked like seven or eight years ago, but I think in 2013 for a new poker show to work, it has to really be something revolutionary, and I, I don't know if you can really come up with anything revolutionary in poker, at least with uh, t- today's technology. Maybe uh, in the future, as technology improves and people can be more interactive with their televisions or whatever, that... Uh, you know, maybe something like that you know, like um, here's an example let's say sometime in the future you could watch something in complete 3d where you'd almost have like the, the television in f- like the, the whole poker table in front of you as if it's in your living room not just on television but like in front of you projected in some hologram format. And then you could switch around uh, you know, the table to spin around and you could you know, pick up people's whole cards and see. Or That would be something really unique. Like you're right there and you can just pick up people's cards and look. But that couldn't be done today in 2013, clearly. So right. uh, that, that would be something revolutionary, but deep into the future. Uh, right now I think everything that can be done that would really make a big splash has been done. And I, I don't think doing interviews with the backstories of poker players is going to be something uh, exciting, so.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with you, and especially, especially in the United States, with the poker market the way it is. I mean, all the look at all the shows at the height of poker's popularity, dropping off the map. Just you know, all these shows going down the tubes, down the tubes. The only ones that have survived are the WPT and really. Um, <laughs> You know, the World Series of Poker, and then, you know, there's a couple of other little ones. But, I mean, so many of these shows just come on air, and then they just go off air. Um, so, I don't know. I, I don't see it succeeding. And if it does, then I'll eat my words.
0: Yeah, even yeah. the World Series has been scaled down a good deal, how much they, right. they broadcast now. Mm-hmm. Um, full-tilt poker payments, if you're waiting for them to come, you will be waiting longer. A lot of people hope they would get their payments in 2013. It will not happen. Uh, it's been announced that the process is taking a very long time, that the uh, real problem is going through Full Tilt's books and just determining what everyone is owed. That this is a very long and difficult process. And because the government's involved, it's a very bureaucratic process. It's not going to happen in 2013. It may take as long as two years... So you may not even see your money in 2014. But it'll take at least a year from now. So you will not get your money in 2013 or the first half of 2014. So that's uh, some bad news, but not surprising news. I said this a long time ago, that uh, this is not going to be something that happens quickly.
2: Yeah, I think your prediction was September of 2014 originally.
0: Yeah, something like that. It's looking like it might be right. Uh, but This is coming from the Card Player article, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's where it was. Yeah.
2: I think Card Players, I think that uh, the GC, whatever they are, that's doing the full tilt remissions, I think they denied this, but Card Player claims to have a source there, but they're denying it, but I I I would surprised if we're waiting.
0: I just had found the article, which was linked on my site, but obviously I couldn't access, but I just found the article on Card Player. Uh, American players who are collectively owed millions of dollars for the full-tilt poker fiasco should expect to wait at least another year for their dollars. The Garden City Group, a claims adjuster hired by the Department of Justice to distribute the $184 million owed to players, hasn't been able to move past the first step of parsing a massive amount of player data information. According to an unnamed supervisor at Garden City Group, the process will most likely take longer than a year, probably longer, and in some instances it's taken Garden City Group more than two years to process claims. So, uh, that's bad news, and I, I believe the article. So, you, you won't see your money anytime soon, but, uh, it will come one day. Maybe you won't be alive anymore, but it'll come. Maybe your, your kids will get it. Uh, our last topic of the show... Ray Donovan. Have you heard of that show? It's on Showtime not a person, it's a show. Ray Donovan? Now, my co-host has ditched me.
2: No, 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 I'm here. I'm just, I was having some audio problems, so I I had to unplug my mic and plug it back in, because you were getting a little fuzzy there.
0: Okay, okay. I don't want to get fuzzy. Okay, Ray Donovan is a a series on Showtime, and, um, here's what Wikipedia has to say. I hadn't heard of it either, because I don't have Showtime, but Ray Donovan is an American television drama series created by Ann Biderman for Showtime. The 12-episode first season aired its premiere episode on June 30th, 2013. Uh, The pilot episode broke records for viewership, becoming the biggest premiere of all time on Showtime. I didn't know that. Uh, On July 16th, 2013, just uh, two weeks ago, Showtime renewed Ray Donovan for a second season to air in 2014. I'll explain in a second why I'm talking about this on a poker show. The show takes place in Los Angeles, where Ray Donovan, who's played by Liev Schreiber, who is originally from South Boston, is a fixer for the powerful law law firm Goldman and Drexler that represents the rich and famous. However, he experiences his own problems when his father, Mickey Donovan, played by John Voight, is unexpectedly released from prison. So why am I talking about this Showtime series that uh, just wrapped and is... uh, Actually, it's not even just wrapped. It's, it's still in its first season. It's play, it, there's been uh, five episodes so far. There's going to be 12 this season, and the second season will air in 2014. But it's been renewed for a second season. The executive producers. It was created by this uh, Ann Biderman, who I haven't heard of. But the executive producers were Ann Biderman, Mark Gordon. I'm sure you've probably heard of before, too. He has a long uh, resume. And Brian Zurif. I hadn't heard of Brian Zurif. but Brian Zurich has just pled guilty in the gambling ring tied to the Russian mob. So remember that remember that uh, bust in the on the East Coast where uh, Bill Edler went down and uh, was that yeah. Peter Feldman and all those guys got busted who were poker players who were taking sports bets from people allegedly for for the Russian yep. mob. So, somehow, yeah. I didn't see this in the original indictment, which I, I posted on the site. Brian Zurich, apparently, was involved with this. Like, deeply involved. And he actually pled guilty, and now it will be facing up to five years in prison. He probably won't get that much, but, I mean, that's that's what he's facing up to. Uh, I guess this was before he got this nice executive producer job at uh, Ray Donovan, because, uh, you know, why run a sports betting ring if you're making that money for, for uh, Showtime series that was successful but I guess you know this is a new series I guess he was doing this I guess that's what he was doing before when he was before he hit it big in the uh, executive producing role I hadn't heard of him before uh, but there's a new piece of information that has just come out on varietycom which is an entertainment website Brian Zurif recently plays guilty for his role in an online gambling case and is going to take a leave of absence from the show so, uh, Brian Zurich, executive producer of Showtime's Ray Donovan, is taking a leave of absence from the show after he pled guilty in a New York online gambling case. That it wasn't really just online gambling, by the way. It was like they, they would take bets from people live and then, like, bet it online through online, po- online sports sites. It wasn't really about online poker, by the way. Uh, Showtime released a statement saying they, quote, respect and appreciate Brian Zurif's decision. Zurif also gave his statement saying, I'm incredibly grateful to have been part of the extraordinary Ray Donovan family. Out of respect for my colleagues at the network and everyone involved in the show, I'm voluntarily taking a leave of absence so that the resolution of my personal legal matters won't distract from the audience's great response to the program. I appreciate all the support I've received and look forward to everyone's continued success. Zurif pled guilty last week in New York... In the New York federal court for his role in a high stakes online sports betting business run by an organized crime operation. Ray Donovan was recently renewed for a second season after earning solid ratings since bowing last month. So, that, someone uh, has one comment on this article, which was just released a few hours ago. What a huge waste getting caught up in such a mess. I mean, this guy must feel so stupid that he got involved in this stuff when he, uh, he was part of a successful show he could have made a lot of money as the executive producer of this thing
2: sounds a lot like aaron hernandez in a way you know <laughs> making all this money but doing this other crap on the side yeah
0: though in brian uh brian Zurich's defense he was probably broke for many years and uh right and it's like fuck how am i gonna make money and so I somehow got involved in this and then like oh wow sweet i'm an executive producer of ray donovan okay well i hope they never find out what i did before And they did, and that was that. So uh, I I didn't see him in the original indictment. Maybe maybe I did. I just didn't recognize the name. He must have been there. I I don't know what to say because you would have thought if he was in the original indictment, this would have come out before now. So I don't know what to say. I I don't know if he was in the indictment or not. But kind of a weird story. Like uh, I expected poker players to be part of this whole thing. That was not a shock at all. But it is kind of a shock that the executive producer for a Showtime series was involved and has pled guilty. So, who knows what he'll be sentenced to, but uh, the, I have a feeling this might be the end of him on the show. You know, like, Showtime right now has to just kind of, like, think about this. They don't want to fire him yet, but they don't want to stand behind him, so they're like, well, you know, thanks for taking a leave of absence, you know, we appreciate what you're doing, and then behind the scenes they're like, fuck, should we fire him? Should we fire him? And I have a feeling like if once he gets sentenced, they're going to let him go. So. And, yeah, I agree. So that's... Uh, no.
2: No doubt, they, there's probably pretty much no chance they'll bring him back.
0: You know, I, I wanted to. I actually taped the Dodgers-Yankees show tonight. Not show the, the game. I, I I don't like watching sports on tape, but you know, I recorded it because the Dodgers don't play the Yankees very often, and uh, so I wanted to see this. And then I, I'm stupidly looking at Twitter, and I'm getting all these tweets from the Dodgers, and I'm stupidly reading them. So now, now I see it's over. Now I see Mark Ellis hit a walk-off home run, and they've uh, they've won again. The Dodgers now twenty-seven and six in the last thirty-three games.
2: The, that means there's going to be a lot of exclamation points in Magic Johnson's tweets. You ever read <laughs> his tweets about the Dodgers? <laughs> no, every day? I should.
0: I should start reading those. I haven't read his tweets.
2: Oh, every day it's like big series versus the Yankees with like an exclamation point. And then, like ten minutes later, I'm so pumped up for Zach Greinke tonight! Exclamation point! <laughs> Every tweet he he like he's so enthusiastic with these uh, exclamation points. It's great.
0: Yeah, well, it's uh, yeah, there must be there's, there's got to be a lot of exclamation points that he's left over the last uh, month and eight days. The Dodgers on June 22nd were nine and a half out, and now uh, coming into today, they were two and a half ahead of the Diamondbacks. They gained 12 games since June 22nd in the standings. Unbelievable. Yeah, and, they've been on fire. And they uh, and they'll either be up three and a half or th- or two and a half tonight, depending on what happened with the Diamondbacks. I didn't look, but uh, they they've looked really good. Uh, of course, any team can look really good when they're hot. But uh, right, they, yeah, it's, the,
2: it's the exact opposite for the Red Sox right now in the same time frame. I think. They had, like, a seven-and-a-half game lead, like, pretty much at the same time this started. And I think Tampa Bay might have a half-game lead, or it's, like, really close right now.
0: Yeah, but the Red Sox haven't been that bad. Have they? It's been where like Tampa Bay's been really good, right? Right. Yeah, they've been. I mean,
2: Tampa Bay's, I think they just won, like, 23 out of, like, 25 or something like that. So, yeah, it's just... Uh...
0: Yeah, They're actually ahead of Boston now by a half a game. Yeah. Yeah, and Arizona... Now they lost again. Wow, so the Dodgers are three and a half up. I mean, the, the NL West is imploding, and the Dodgers are just, like, killing everyone. So it's, it's, yeah. if, if this continues, it's going to be over pretty soon for the NL West. I mean, I I, I really thought the, with the way the Dodgers went for the first uh, two and a half months of the season, I thought, wow, what a, what a freaking disaster this is. I, I, I didn't think they are going to make the playoffs. You, I thought they'd probably finish, like, around 500 and be just, like, a massive fail, kind of like the Lakers were. But, right. Uh, it, and the amazing
2: thing is, is Matt Kemp's been hurt too. Yeah. You know? And
0: really nothing from Kemp. Yeah. So, the, for, like they bring Puig in and, and he lights it up, and then then Hanley Ramirez comes. That was really the catalyst of this whole thing. It wasn't so much Puig because they were still losing when Puig was uh, hitting. Right. At, at the beginning, but then like Hanley Ramirez came back and was on fire too. So the com- the combination of those two, and plus the pitching got very good, and the bullpen stopped being terrible. So like all that together just made the team really tough to beat. But you just kept having these uh, you know, good pitchers day after day after day, and then the, the people, you know they were getting all this all this offense out of Puig and, and Ramirez, and then even there are other people like uh, you know Mark Ellis and, and AJ Ellis, and, and uh, even Uribe started hitting, and uh, Ethier started hitting. So all of a sudden, everybody's hitting, and uh, they're winning a ton of games. So you know if the team stays looking like this then the Dodgers have a very reasonable chance to finally win a World Series 25 years after they last did it. It was actually 25 years ago when they last won the World Series. And uh, right. and you know what? If they, if they make it, I'll go. It'll be very expensive, I'm sure. But uh, I regretted in 1988 that I didn't see the Dodgers you know, in person at the World Series. And I was only 16, so I couldn't afford it. But uh, right. I... I didn't think it would be another 25 years. And um, I was like, every time they made the playoffs since then, which they've made the playoffs a number of times since 88, I was hoping, okay, maybe this will be the year. And uh, and then they fizzled out. They made the NLCS twice in '08 and '09, but couldn't beat the Phillies either time. And uh, and that was it. So I, I'm waiting for them to make the World Series so I can go. And uh, you know, i probably have to pay some good money for it, but I, I don't like I don't like sitting in crappy seats. Like I wouldn't go there and sit in some shit seat just to save money. I would uh, I still want good seats there. So
2: yeah, they get just as good of a chance as anybody. I mean, their starting pitching looks like it's uh it's as good as anybody's in baseball right now. There, you know. So
0: yeah, that, and that's that's really so much in 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 the playoffs, and a lot of people don't realize how big pitching is in the playoffs. It's just it's huge, and of course, being hot at the right time is also huge. That's, that's basically what the Giants did last year they just got hot at the end of the season and it carried over to the playoffs and a team that really wasn't that good uh just ran over everyone because they uh they were just hot for a while and uh, and you see that this year that the Giants uh with with a similar team suck <laughs> 46 right. and 59 11 games okay. behind the Dodgers uh, but the 88 Dodgers they really couldn't hit very well they had one right. player really who hit well on that team, and that was Kirk Gibson. Everybody right. else, and uh, he
2: wasn't even he wasn't even like a. I mean, he hit good, but he wasn't like one of the like top top hitters in the
0: league. Yeah, so uh, so, so so yeah, it was it was the pitching. You know, Oral Hershiser the main one, but they they had a lot of pitchers who had career years that year, and uh, and that's what carried them. And that's why they beat the A's with all their offense is because uh, good really good pitching will beat really good hitting. So that's, that's what happened in 88, and that's how the Dodgers uh, were able to take four out of five from Oakland and win. So we have a, a caller on the air from, uh, I, I believe, from Michigan. Hello.
1: Yeah, uh, beer and poker here. Just wanted to say, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the walk-off, uh, not the walk-off, but the grand slam hit off Strasburg with Avila today.
0: No, I didn't see that. I don't, I don't think this is beer and poker, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Listen. Why are you guys dogging the Tigers, though? Like, they, they just don't have any chance? They I didn't Detroit dog the Tigers. Another,
0: uh, I, I, I knew when I would be talking about the Dodgers that someone from uh, Detroit would call in and, and make a big deal out of this and say, uh, the Tigers, the Tigers. But, look, uh, the Detroit is obviously a very good team, and uh, I'm not saying that uh, they don't have a chance. They obviously have a good chance this year, but uh, uh, when it comes down to who can win the World Series, yeah, you have to look at uh, – who are the teams that have the pitching to do it? And at, at the moment, the Tigers
1: just traded for another uh, reliever. Okay, so and they also uh, beer and poker was saying something about. Well, I thought you were beer and poker as well.
2: And the Sox just traded for PV.
1: Yeah, and the Sox suck dick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do
0: you want? They need PV from like a few years ago. That's that's what they need. The current PV exactly. Drop exactly. like, tell them about PV, please. Well, I I think he's still pitching well. Yeah, but he's he's, he's a has-been.
2: Still got a low. his whip's still like 1-1, so as long as he keeps that whip down, I'm fine with it.
0: You know, there's there's a number of teams this year that that could realistically win the World Series, but I'm excited because the Dodgers were not one of those teams a month and a half ago by any means, and now they are. Now now they actually look... Yeah,
1: but Jeff, do you think that it's like a poker player just riding a hot streak and then they're going to fizzle out just like, I don't think they're going to win.
0: I don't think they're going to win twenty-seven of every thirty-three games they play from this point forward. No, but uh, uh, I, th- I think that uh, they've finally gotten it together. You know,
1: San Francisco owns your ass, anyways. But I mean, San Francisco's eleven do? back. Yeah, but they still
0: own you. No, they haven't this year. <laughs> they
1: still do, though.
0: San Francisco's been good in a few years recently, but um, they this year they're a mess. They're a complete mess. And you know what? Yeah. Even when San Francisco was better than the Dodgers in recent years, Kershaw just destroyed them. Every time Kershaw plays them, he he wins every single time he pitches against them.
1: Yeah, I've seen that before. Yeah, I mean he's he's amazing. That's true. But uh, what do you guys think about the Indians? Do you think they the uh, Tigers that run for the money or what?
0: Yeah, wouldn't that be embarrassing for the for the Tigers if somehow they don't even make the playoffs?
1: Yeah, but both teams are just firing.
0: Okay, but look look at the AL right now. You have. Uh, so you have Tampa Bay with 64 wins, Boston with 64 wins, Baltimore with 59 wins, Detroit with 60 wins, Cleveland with 58, Oakland with 63, Texas with 58. These teams can't all make the playoffs. Right. One of them's gonna be out. I
1: like I'm a little nervous. I, I know what you're saying, and that's why I was I brought it up because I'm a little nervous. I, we've never seen the Indians really carry it this far. Usually, like they'll they'll take us a little deep and then they just fall off like completely. So this is, like, well, one of the first times they're, like, really carrying it through
2: the summer. Well, they spent some money this offseason, so they spent money. They got a new manager, and they have some young guys that have been pitching pretty well. So, I mean, I mean, I give them a puncher's chance. They probably won't make it. They're going to have to probably overachieve the rest of the way. But, I mean, they have the talent to get hot and maybe make some noise. But more than likely, the Tigers should, um, yeah. the Tigers should take care of business. The thing is,
0: though, there, there are – there's only five teams that are going to make the playoffs in the AL. And um, of, of those five teams, there's seven teams I just mentioned here that all have records that are not too far from one another. So so right. two of those seven teams are, are not going to make it. And uh, it really could be any of those seven. Now, I think Tampa Bay and Boston – Probably, but who knows? You know, they're they're all kind of in the same ballpark. They're all separated. Well, by, who's
1: going to win the wild? You know, the wild card or whatever. Well, there's I mean, two wild cards
0: because there's two wild cards. But I'm saying that there's with two wild cards and three division champions. That's five teams. I just named seven teams right, that that have right. 58 wins or more right now. Between 58 but and if, 64 like, wins. Think about
1: it like this: Like if uh, the Tigers don't win the Central, do you think they would win one of those wild cards?
0: They, they might, but they also it could, might not. It'll be it'll be close. They could they could actually get shut out. It'll be kind of sad for them, but they uh, they could be shut out. And uh, in the what yeah,
1: have... Justin Verlander. I mean, he's been struggling, but if he if he can find a way, then I think we were solid. See, it, like the rest of
0: the way. Well, like, uh,
1: that's a big if.
0: There's I, I'm just saying with with seven teams that are all playing pretty well so far. Uh, that's. Two of them are not going to make it, and they're all kind of bunched together in the around the same record, so it so could it be the Tigers. It has
1: a problem scoring consistently, so I think that that might be one of the teams that aren't going to make it, as far as I'm concerned. But
0: see, the the they NL killed the
1: shit out of the Tigers, but
0: right now the NL because the Dodgers have have uh, rocketed up and the Diamondbacks are looking terrible. Right now, the NL has five teams at the moment that uh seem like the clear favorites to make the playoffs. That's uh the Braves, the, the Pirates, the the Cardinals, the Reds, and the Dodgers. And everybody else is, is kind of fallen back now. So
1: Yeah. Hey before I go, can I uh plug something real quick?
0: Uh yeah sure.
1: Alright, that's why I never want to check out my uh blog and uh I got a video posted on it. Okay. Poker.
0: uh, I don't think they can check out anything right now. I I don't think they can check out anything because my site's down.
1: Well, they can't check it out now, but when the site's back up, like tomorrow, check out my post, uh, my blog, Beer and Poker's blog there, and, uh, yeah, check the video out, give me a review.
0: Okay, I'm, I'm sure they'll do that. Thank you.
1: All right, thank you, bye.
2: That's
0: great. So the the funny thing is the, the real beer and poker can't even object in the chat room because there is no chat room. Like, he's just stuck, he's just stuck helplessly listening to this, and he can't tell that's anyone. A,
2: that's what I was just thinking. He's probably sitting there, man, he's doing it again. Because <laughs> we actually fell for this one, didn't we, about a yes, month ago? Yeah, and
0: then he actually – the funny thing is this time he actually referred to beer and poker in the third person, forgetting that he was beer and poker. So only beer and poker right. said is, like, oh, crap. But, uh, yeah, well, let's uh that's you know I hadn't until this guy brought it up I, I hadn't uh, looked all that closely to the American League, uh, but yeah it's really seven teams with similar records that two are going to be. Okay. What the hell is this? It's a lo-
2: it's a logjam and uh, this is what we, it's great that they added this extra wild card. I wouldn't be surprised if they add a couple more in the future years just to make it more interesting. Yeah, just keep adding know?
0: wild cards to where like two thirds of the league league makes the playoffs. Actually, I you know I've. About these wild cards, Um, something I have always felt strongly about is in baseball, you have to be careful about adding teams to the playoffs because of basketball. Baseball is different than other sports in that an inferior team can beat a superior team at any time if they either get lucky or hot. It's not like in basketball where you have the the, the Miami-type team. You play against the worst team in the league. They're going to crush them just about every time, especially in a playoff environment. Like, you're, you're not going to have some super inferior eighth seed beat a number one seed unless there's some injuries involved. It just It's just super rare for that to happen. In baseball, it's not that rare. In baseball, you just have sure. to get hot at the right time, and, and the season's 162 games, and I just hate to see a, a prolonged success in a 162-game season where you just kill everyone, defined by a loss to a mediocre team that Rarely finishes 500 uh, in the playoffs that, that happens to get hot or lucky at the right time and win uh, three out of five games against you or four out of seven games and i i just think that in baseball you have to be careful about who you award the ability to play in the playoffs now in the wild cards defense i remember some very frustrating years where like the Dodgers would finish with an excellent record, but the another team in their division would also have an excellent record, and the Dodgers would totally deserve to be a playoff team and wouldn't be one. Or there was even the, league, the, the year where I think the Giants won like 102 games or something like that and didn't make the playoffs, which was a joke. Right. So uh, for that reason, it's good to have a wild card. I, I thought the second wild card, it definitely adds fun for the fans to uh, – watch their team who would otherwise be out of the uh, out of the playoff picture much earlier to have a shot but it does kind of destroy a little bit the integrity of, of the whole playoff system in baseball that's the that's my problem i mean I, I i like the fact that there was a second wild card last year when the dodgers were making this comeback at the very end of the year and and, and were came down to the last day of the season to whether they or, or the cardinals made it but um, yeah, i would have lost interest in the season a lot earlier if they didn't have that second wild card but i i have to say that uh Conceptually, I don't really like it. That's that's, yeah, that's don't, my
3: feeling.
2: Just don't be surprised when they add more because I won't be. They, you know that as long as they're making money, they'll keep adding more. I mean, it's the same thing with the NFL. They'll they'll probably expand to more wild card teams too. Um, just more TV games means more money for the league and the owners, and that's just what's probably going to happen.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny right now in the uh, it, it's. Uh, It is interesting in the National League, though, right now, how really at the moment five teams have really separated themselves uh, of who looks good and the other ones all don't. Like the other ones really, other than the five I mentioned, all look pretty bad right now. Either Well, I'm
2: actually kind of surprised here looking at the standings. I see, uh, well, Pittsburgh overtook St. Louis. Yeah, they
0: they just keep winning. I, I don't know how.
2: It's unbelievable. I don't know.
0: I don't know how Pittsburgh's doing it. I, I don't understand. I thought this is going to be another year where they start off well and then chunk off the whatever uh, whatever they had over five hundred to finish under five hundred again, or maybe finish around five hundred. But I mean, to be sixty four and forty two at this point,
2: yeah. was, they're just pitching well. I mean, they got Francisco Lariano, who has sucked for like the last three years, and they got him cheap. He's pitching good. They. Pulled up a top prospect and he's pitching lights out. So I mean, they've just been pitching.
0: Yeah, and, and speaking of hey, this, America, thanks to you, Wes
2: won $50, oh, not, I didn't want
0: to play that. That was that was on ESPN on their website. But speaking of Pittsburgh, you know who's been absent? Has been bad guy twenty three. Yeah, he's been totally absent from this site, from our chat room when it worked, from call to the radio show. And um, you know his girlfriend, Josie, is uh, friends with me on Facebook now. I even asked her, and even her, even she hasn't heard much from him. Wow! So it's kind of a mystery. This guy's kind of a mystery. He kind of just vanishes.
2: It's and kind of appears. weird. He's usually a regular every week.
0: Yeah, and but I, he's not just vanishing from the show. It's a, like he didn't pull in a TMML gay where he just goes from like loving the show to disappearing and hardly listening anymore. Right. He, he he seems to be just gone from life. I don't know where he's hiding or what he's doing, or I don't know. Maybe what residential he, a, neighborhood he probably
2: he is hit from. a he probably hit a major thump sports betting.
0: And I don't know, but it mm-hmm. seemed like it seemed like when he did, he still would listen to this show and call in. It seemed like this was like his uh, what he would take solace in, like you know, this would be what keep him sane. So uh, yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, so, so, I got a, t- a text here, a-, a-, a tweet Talk Tigers, you fuck Avila Grand Slam off Strasburg <laughs> so, so. Anyway, uh, I know we had a lot of baseball discussion at the end But I figure what the hell We were done with our content, the site's down And anybody who doesn't like it can turn the damn thing off And uh, I want to thank China Maniac for once again co-hosting always enjoy having him on here and uh, we will be back next week August 6th I'll tell you guys something about August 6th August 6th is an anniversary a personal anniversary of mine is it the anniversary of anything involving Benjamin's mother no, kind of close though we did go let, on Let me let,
2: let me take a guess, I think I got a good guess here yeah. is this the virginity
0: It is the virginity anniversary It will be 24 years Since I lost my virginity (laughs) Next year is the big 25 Since I was not a virgin anymore And uh, this is actually Today's an anniversary of something uh, Similar Um, With the same girl It was the first time I ever got past first base With a girl first time I did uh-huh. anything more than kissing was was today 24 years ago and then the you know the, the big deed happened a week later so hot summers uh, in LA <laughs> yeah back in back in 1989 we were listening to uh, El DeBarge. barge so uh, <laughs> you know what else happened on this date nothing related to sex or girls um, It's 26 years ago today I don't know why I remember all this stuff we found our family dog while vacationing in Colorado, it was an abandoned purebred Springer spaniel, of all things. And she, we didn't know how old she was, but it turned out she was very young. The vet was able to inspect her teeth and said she was about nine months old. And she lived all the way till 2001. We found her in '87. So, anyway, uh, th- those are my personal anniversaries this week and next, but we will be back. Next week, August 6, 2013, 7 p.m. That wasn't the time I lost my virginity, by the way. It was like at 5 a.m. But we will be back 7 p.m. with another free roll and more crazy stories from the world of poker and gambling and who knows what else. Thank you for listening tonight, even if you couldn't chat or read the forum. I'm going to try to reboot this damn thing and get this stupid forum back up. I don't like not having a forum. I feel naked. Good night and shalom. Good night.